0: Welcome back to the Cinnabum's uh, Decade List. It's been a while. I'm very excited to be back uh, with the crew. Um, my two co-hosts, Carlos and Blair, are back. It's been too long, guys. I- I'm excited that you're both back with me here to talk about movies and get brain rot again. So welcome oh, yeah. back. I've,
1: I've been missing it, the podcast. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Do. It's been way too long.
0: Yeah, I know. I know. Um, we have a- other important things to do, but... Um, yes. <laughs> I'm glad you guys are back. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, and, yeah, it's gonna be great, and we have a very, very special guest—one of one of my best friends who also loves film. He's <laughs> the co-host of the <laughs> Medium Cool Show, slash the CEO of Dummy Hard Productions. What's what up? a mouthful! Uh, Felix Christensen has joined the pod.
3: Yeah, welcome, my, dude. Welcome. My second time. This is my second. Thank welcome. you, guys. Thank you. Um, I was on it. Once before, like in the beginning of the year, with Jake's brother Luke and then John Newring, who also hosts the Cinebums podcast, we did a yes sir Steve Jobs versus Jobs comparison episode. <laughs> Great and episode, that was, yeah, that was fun. And then, um yeah, like that's the first time I ever did a podcast, like ever. And then after I did that show, I started my own show with my friend that I've been doing for like six months, past six months. So that's what the Medium Cool show is. Is my it's our oh, channel yeah. on youtube so yeah the cinebums is a big inspiration to me and uh probably I like my favorite podcast honestly oh shit awesome
0: yeah. yeah that was a very it. very nice sentiment by felix um mm-hmm. i've been on the medium the Cool podcast. show, the greatest podcast ever yeah. thank you so much i've been on the medium cool show three four times now right um quite a few times so yeah like three times yeah Definitely, we'll plug it right now. It's a great show. Check it out on YouTube. And obviously, we'll link in the description, you know, talking about, you know, what we do, just talking about films and the shit we watch. So, it's, yeah. Yeah.
3: Um, yeah. yeah I and mean, if you gets- want to talk about it more, go ahead. No, it's just me and my partner. And we, we just sit in front on a couch and we talk about movies that we see. And then, yeah, a lot of good shit on there. But Definitely. yeah, we've been doing it for like six months now, but we want to do it longer yeah, that sounds like my cup of tea bro hell yeah hell yeah if you come <laughs> to LA dude you gotta you gotta spot on the couch if you want you gotta hop on the couch oh, Hell
4: yeah.
3: <laughs> I, I don't know all... when I don't know when I'm
2: gonna go to LA I don't know what time of my life is gonna happen but I know it will happen one day
3: <laughs> yeah when the time comes like you'll you come on the show because it's all in person it's all like yeah
1: that's an open that. yeah.
0: open invite yeah mm-hmm you, got, you always got a place to crush, Yeah. I feel, I feel
1: like um. whenever I do visit LA, it'll be the intent of uh, visiting my friend Cynic and uh, Jake.
0: Oh, yeah. yeah. It'd be so good to have you guys out here. Hell um, yeah. Just it's enjoy so that. Weird. It's so hot right now. So don't come now, but like in three months yeah. when it's not um, 95.
1: It's, oh. it's horrible here in Georgia. Not to go too much on a tangent, but like it's like 90s, mm-hmm. but the humidity adds like. That's oh, that's so fucking much. It's fucking
2: suffocating. Because like it's like 95 degrees, but it says it feels like 108, basically. Fuck. <laughs> yeah.
0: Damn. Because weren't it. you shooting you were shooting your short in that weather, basically?
2: Yes. But Fuck, dude, gr- granted, two things. One, it was in the forest, so like the forest kind of gave up some natural shade. It's not like we were in the blaring sun. Um, but the, the entire shoot was, like, a giant hike down this hill. So, like, mm. the entire film, like, a lot of people, including myself, would have to go, like, up and down this fucking hill. And it was just, like, super exhausting to do that. Luckily, I didn't have to do it that many times. But I felt really bad for the fucking PAs that, you know, had to go up and down getting, like, equipment and stuff. Yeah. Um, but either way, uh, yeah, we were a little bit in the shade. So that was good. Um and also like as far as how hot the days have been in general, uh it wasn't, you know, gratefully it wasn't that hot. Like it was hot, but it hasn't it hasn't been it wasn't as hot as it has been in the past like few weeks. Mm. Um like the past week here has been insane. (laughs) Fuck so yeah, we kinda got a little lucky there.
3: Yeah, it's so hot here though in LA, like it's it's rough. (laughs) Yeah, the heat is crazy. But yeah, Georgia Georgia might they're... be yeah it's probably on par with us in terms of just
0: it's you know, just a different heat. kind of heat
1: it's we don't, but both are horrible
0: we don't really have humidity because it never rains here so that's one plus I guess so it's like it's usually just desert heat you know where it's like 105 just sun just destroying your body mm-hmm. uh, so it's a different type of thing but yeah weather right. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so so so, how's the weather? <laughs> top ten weather uh weather catastrophes of the 2010s.
1: Oh, that list <laughs> would go hard. I'm I'm down.
0: Blair and I always secretly want to do like a geography, like top ten list instead of movies.
1: Yeah, I, I really do.
0: <laughs> one day, one day we'll definitely we'll have to do that. But I
1: I gotta visit Seattle first. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah. Exactly. I gotta go more places in life first. But yeah. <laughs> Um, I know how long this is going to be, so I just want to get right into it. Um, we always we always go so fucking long, we, but I love it. I love going long, but we should just jump into the top 10, or our each individual top fives of the 2010s. To be clear, that is 2010 through 2019. We're not going to be talking about any 2020 films. Um, maybe, yeah, fuck that, maybe, maybe. M- yeah, bad movies anyway, you know? <laughs> no, yeah, but <laughs> all of them suck since... Uh, parasite came out but um maybe a (laughs) bonus app we'll never you know we'll see but uh for now just the 2010s decade um but like just a little table setting i guess for that decade like i think felix you and i have talked about like this was the time where i you know was watching the most movies so i think this was the hardest list to make because i think i've seen the most movies from this decade by far Like, I don't know, Carlos and Blair, if that's true for you guys. Like, was this just like an embarrassment of like riches, basically, when you're making the top five?
1: For sure. I've seen, I've hands down seen the most from this decade. I'm not as cultured as, um, as I don't know. I come to mind like Perry or Bill, who've seen a fuck ton of movies from like each decade. True.
2: Mm. Same. Uh, Yeah, yeah, it wasn't even a contest. I've by far seen more films in the 2010s than, than any other decade
3: yeah yeah well this is such a like developmental period for us i think yep. like definitely like 20 that's like our adolescence and it's just like a totally like a you know formative years and just finally like discovering films and really trying to study them was like literally like 2011 2012 like that's like when i was really kind of getting into like films and seeing a lot of movies and then yeah i went to film school in the fucking 2010s and like right through like yep. in the middle of it you know me too. And, so me too. Yeah, I think definitely informs like it definitely informed my my perception on <laughs> films and shit. Yeah. So I've seen the
2: yeah. yeah
3: seen a fun time. This is a hard, this is a hard list, bro. Like, very hard, yeah. Yeah.
2: I'm I'm really glad you brought that up because I was thinking about that earlier. Like this decade of films is like super important to me because I feel like out of all the decades in general, I feel like the decade that people grow up with in terms of like discovering film. Um, at least with me as an aspiring filmmaker, I feel like the films and the filmmakers that I admire a lot in this decade um has like has a huge influence into my filmmaking style, whether it's like subconscious or conscious. It's just something that is just naturally happening with me right now. And um, I just think it's really special um, you know, to to talk about these films because they played a huge part into like, you know, me, you know, uh, realizing, um, you know, what I wanted to do with my life and also um, and also just what I liked in the film in general Um, and just like opening up my mind to new things as well. So. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, very well. Yeah, Yeah, I
0: totally agree. I mean, I also I also went to film school for better or worse, you know, spent a lot of money to go watch films and learn about film. And like, I, I agree. Cause it was like, I feel like it's special to have movies coming out when you're really developing your personal voice as a filmmaker or film lover, or whatever, because going back and watching old movies is definitely important. Like, you know, we love the seventies. We love classic film in the fifties, but there's something about new movies and this new sense of like styles and voices in film that you discover, uh, especially in the 2010s when we're all, you know, 18, 19 years old, like those films are going to stick with us, I think. And I think every, all of our top fives are going to be like, are going to stick with us forever. And just they always be like a defining film and in, in terms of our taste or, or outlook on the world or whatever. Um, cause what Felix, what both you guys said about de- developing during that time and becoming a, f- a Kino Lord. Um, yeah, dude. Carlos. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Um, so I'm like, hyped I- to do the list is what I'm saying. I'm very excited. For real. To- yeah. Like I was 13 in
3: 2010. And then, I turned twenty three in twenty nineteen. You know, what I mean, yeah. like thir- that's like uh, all those films. Like I was totally like, yeah, totally different person. And just mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, I mean, there's no. I, I don't think there's going to be any decade like the twenty tens. I think just for me personally, I mean, I, I definitely would say the seventies is my favorite decade. But it's not going to be anything as personal as like the twenty tens. Yep. Like ever. Uh, yeah. So. Yeah.
0: We are yeah. biased, but like the 2010s also had a boom similar to the 70s and the 90s, where it was just a ton of independent art house yeah. filmmakers just emerging. You know, we're going to talk about them, you know, but, um, and like more directors that we talked about before, like Von Trier, Tarantino, the Coens, who like thrived even more. So it's just, it's just really stacked overall. So let's not beat around the bush anymore. Let's just talk about the films. Uh, we'll do our top fives, then we'll do like, I know we have like, probably a ton of honorable mentions to go through, but we'll do that before we do our top 10 list. But for now, let's just start from five to one. And Felix, since you're our guest, uh Ooh. you can kick us off with
3: your uh number five film, sir. All right, so number five, I have Mandy from 2018. Directed hey, written, nice. Written fucking love book.
2: Mandy.
1: Me too.
3: Yeah, I mean, it's fucking Mandy, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> that's a... Uh, written Tough directed sir. by... Yeah, Panos Cosmados. Uh this movie I saw twice in theaters when it came out at the music box in Chicago. Hey, shout out. And I don't know. I just I like felt like I would never seen anything like this before. I didn't see like it's just this crazy mood, atmosphere, aesthetic that just I'd never like just and it was just so well done and like everything is just so fucking dope in this this world, even though it's like a period piece, but like, I don't know, it just, it feels like it's almost like another planet. And just the, the the style, I just never, super, like, impactful on me. And the whole story, the revenge story, I love revenge shit. And, uh, yeah, just like the, the, I love the parts where, like, the face is, like, melting and shit. And the, the, the whole, like, acid storyline and Nicolas Cage. I mean, this is kind of like a Nicolas, beginning of the Nicolas Cage sort of, like, renaissance as well. Definitely. Like, later later on, we like kind of came back and I don't know this movie kicks ass, and that's like we have to say about it. Yeah. Great pick.
0: Very, yeah. very defining of the Felix aesthetic for sure. Oh.
3: Yeah,
2: I'm in love with Mandy. Like, you know what? Like, just you talking about it makes me want to watch it again because I haven't seen it in like at least four four years at least. Um yeah. that movie is so fucking good. I watched it in theaters. It was like a one one night only screening uh, in Atlanta, and I said, "Fuck it, I'm going." And I bought my tickets early, and I'm glad I did because, like, by the time I got there, like, it was it, it had already been sold out for hours. Um, and I got in there and I experienced this movie, and I was just fucking mind blowing. I really really loved it. Um, yeah, I was like I was
3: mind blown too. Yeah,
2: I was like one of the few people that, and like at first, I I enjoyed the first half more than the second half. Um, maybe it's just because, like, at the time, I really just loved, like, atmospheric and vibey slow cinema, Mm -hmm. and, like, I just really, really loved the way the first half was presented stylistically, and I just couldn't get enough of it, so when I transitioned into that kind of fucking, like, badassery, like, Nick Cage revenge type of movie, it was a little jarring at first, and it was, it became, like, such a different kind of movie stylistically, Mm -hmm. um, but on, on, on second watch, I've, I've come to appreciate the second half a lot more. Like, I just love it, like, as a whole now. I mean, I still, I think I like stylistically the first half better, but as a whole, like, I just love all of it. It's
3: just so fucking great. Yeah, no, it's it's a sick-ass movie. And definitely I can see, like, that, that transition because I feel like he, the first half is, like, not, the, the movie Mandy is the second half because he has, like, the credits, like, the credit title card like halfway through the movie and that's like when Manny yeah. comes in it's almost like definitely like two different movies but i feel like mm-hmm. it's like a it's a journey of this this character and shit but definitely just like I, so dope yeah
1: i have seen the movie twice and oh my god i loved it the first time and watching it the second time just like really heightened my fucking love for it um i saw it last i saw it was in the pandemic and um god yeah i i love both halves like um pretty much uh you know the same to the same degree uh for unique reasons like the second half to me is like almost complementary to the to the first half like it it doesn't take me out because the whole surrealism um like alternate f- dimension feeling is like still there it just like completely ramps up and just like gets insane obviously um and yeah i i adore it
2: the cosmic horror is still there for sure yeah Mm -hmm. For
0: real. It's funny, Carlos, you bring that up about the two distinct halves because at the time I much preferred the second half and it wasn't, I guess it was because I was really into like B, revenge movies and you know, like these 70s grit that I was super into. Not that I disliked the first half but I think I was more sold like even seeing the trailers and everything about the second half being this insane revenge sort of cosmic horror like just acid trip um and i was kind of waiting for that and i was a little impatient but maybe on second watch i've never seen this film a second time i should really give it another watch um but i do also want to mention the scene in the bathroom with the vodka and everything Mm. that's like one of the most viscerally like just satisfying moments like i remember in a theater like everybody just was like uproaringly cheering at that scene and i was like all right this is next level stuff and Cage is phenomenal in that yeah. film, obviously. And Panos What I love so great. much about that
2: scene, too, is that like that almost like that scene alone marks as like the official transition, like into madness. He's like, exactly like yeah. Cosmatos was like, OK, like, how do I transition this into what this film is going to be now? And he's like, I'm going to have Nick Cage do his thing in the fucking bathroom. And everybody fucking <laughs> loved it. And it's so iconic now. Like that that scene itself is so fucking iconic.
3: Yeah. I see it a lot on like meme pages and shit. It is. (laughs) Of course. It is.
0: Felix, I don't know if you're going to bring this up, but I I do love the sentiment about how like this is a film he made for his dad, like getting over his dad's death, who's also a filmmaker. um, And like this kind of like this therapeutic exercise for him to exercise like his grief and the rage he felt after he left, he lost his dad. So. And you wouldn't expect that watching this film because it is so just out there and stylized, but I think that's a really cool detail um, that he talked about. Yeah. Well,
3: Mandy has a lot of similarities to Cobra from (laughs) 1986, like the style of that and like the cult stuff they have, and the the like the the axe and everything, and the the colors, the reds. It's very like it's a lot like his father's work, and that's really. A dope thing and just panos Cosmatos just like turns it up like 10 like mm-hmm. fucking so unique just coming out like two movies that are just so idiosyncratic as well and um, i'm really excited for like his next picture and then also the the short he did for um uh cabinets of curiosity that's really good yeah that's a, that's like the best one by far on there honestly that's right. my favorite oh, thing damn. panos has ever done yeah that one it's oh, wow. the best uh episode on there out of like the 10 they have for sure it's like, like this damn. love crafty and just it's so crazy yeah I highly recommend i really need to watch that whole
2: thing but the panel models one i had no idea he even made a short on that that's a, that's mm-hmm. news to me
3: oh yeah it's, it's, it's super one. good super underrated director i think uh i would definitely put him up there like some of the most underrated directors today but yeah that's a mandy for you so Six. Hell yeah! It's a great pick, man. I fucking love that movie. Hell yeah, man! That's my number five pick. And transition. <laughs>
2: transition.
0: Felix <laughs> <laughs> be- is running the show now. Uh Blair, do you want to go next?
1: <laughs> sure. So, um, this is going to be the surprise one that I changed. Um, uh, since go. uh, DMing <laughs> it to y'all. Uh, hopefully, it's a movie that we all enjoy. I picked 2019's climax. From yes. Gaspar Noé. Oh. Yes.
3: Hell yeah. I, I Hell just yeah, want to
1: say that um picking yes. another one from 2019 was so tough. I could have gone with a lot of them, but yeah. it's ultimately I wanna represent my boy Gaspar Noe. Fuck you, um, dude.
3: Fuck yeah. That's my boy too, man.
1: Let's go. That's Hell fucking yeah. awesome. Yeah. Same here.
3: <laughs> yeah.
1: It, man, it's it's crazy because like in his filmography, there's just so many movies, I'd be like, oh, that's my favorite one. That's my favorite one. And, like, Climax is definitely no uh, stranger to it. I, I mean, like, I literally love everything from the dan- the amazing dancing sequences at the beginning to the improv um, dialogue, like, transitioning to the fucking um, LSD uh, trip that everybody goes through. And God, once that trip just gets going, it's just non-fucking-stop there's so many like amazing uh one-shot takes that just um makes you completely feel on edge and not, not to mention like the whole cast of characters are pretty much all of them are extremely memorable and there's there's so many of them like um it made me really appreciate like so- sofia butella as an actress i've never seen her in anything but she's like amazing in that movie and um yeah i mean it's in terms of like a cinematography standpoint, it's like God, God tier, literally. Um, yeah, how, how do you how do you guys feel about climax?
3: Love it. Did you guys see it in the theaters? I did. Yes. did. Must okay. see masterpiece. I had a
0: I had did a you major walk- panic attack. Uh, did you guys in have the best way. A, Yeah,
3: we yeah we definitely nah, did. There's a lot of
0: there's a lot of older no, folks
3: in my walk-outs. screening. Um, no, there was some walkouts. In, I uh, saw some walkouts. Yeah when the acid
0: <laughs> when the stuff gets really dark and the acid really starts hitting I, I, people were upset i could tell and they walked out but mm-hmm. what did they
2: even expect to what did they even de- just walk into a random movie like
0: i have, have no idea imagine I mean, w- sorry i was gonna say vortex had a similar thing
1: it was yeah people walking out yeah like imagine no, I, walking into a Gaspar Noé with no expectations
3: <laughs> no that's my my cousin <laughs> i took my cousin to go see him. he didn't want to know anything about it at all i didn't want to know anything and I remember in the beginning, like people were cheering and he's like, what did you like bring me to? Is this like a porno? And I'm like, well, <laughs> I don't know what to tell you, dude. Like, I don't know. But definitely like that intro in the snow with the fucking like the overview of her walking in the blood yes. and the music and the titles. Mm. Like I was when I saw so that, intriguing. I was, mm. yeah, yeah. One of the best, it, yeah. one of his best shots ever, in my opinion. That I knew it was a- going to be a fucking banger when I when that happened. Ah, dude. Intro.
2: Fucking gas. I think one of the many reasons why I love Gaspar Noah so much, and this is probably honestly the main reason, is I I just love his like cinematic presentation. Like, I love what he does with the camera. Um, Like, he's just such a fucking like visual filmmaker, but in a way that's not like, I mean, yeah, he does tell a story visually, but he's not a filmmaker that, you know, doesn't have dialogue. You know what I mean? Like he's he's mm-hmm. he's not like Reffin to where like, you know, the visuals are the storytelling like almost all the time. Um with Gasper Noah, like yeah, the visuals are the storytelling, and he's just fucking has this amazing, like, you know, flashy style to him that I just can't get enough of. Um, but like all the films that I've seen from him, like it's it's a it's very character driven, it's very mm-hmm. dialogue filled, and um climax is a perfect example of that. Um, I just love that film so fucking much, and yeah the, the the opening scene in the snow, and then that fucking incredible uh choreographed dance sequence that we get is so fucking great. Like again, yeah, just so. like what what Noah does with the camera, uh, how he moves throughout that entire scene, how he focuses uh on certain characters with different angles. It's just goddamn. Like I just do immediately like sitting down I'm like this is. I have a feeling like this is going to be one of my favorite movies of all time.
1: <laughs>
0: you know, Even the yeah. title
1: sequence is like fucking fantastic and makes me love it more. It uh, is,
0: it's so sick. Yeah. There's some days that is my favorite. No way film. Like as Blair said, like it's, I could pick two or three other ones, obviously, but I mean, that's like, I feel like it's that's up that, there. That's like his magnum yeah. opus in terms of just showcasing everything that he's good at. Um, and not and being very unapologetic about everything. He's a very unapologetic director most of the time but I mean that movie just goes for it on every facet, you know, in the sound design, the the soundtrack and everything. It's all just such a head just mind-numbing experience and uh yeah, God, 2019 also which was just such a crazy year. I mean, we might talk about it later but uh um, oh, yeah, just so many good movies that year.
3: Yeah, Jasper, no, we like, I think sometimes people like write him off as being just like a shocking director. But the thing is, like, yes, he has super duper shocking shit, but it's so well done and like so well crafted that you can't even like, you can't even say shit. Like, it's just so fucking yep. cool the way. That's that the it same works, way I feel know? about von Trier. People yeah, say exactly. the same shit about him. Yeah, 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 exactly. Lars well, von do you... Trier. People like write him off, but his shit is so well done that's like, you can't say shit. You know. Yep.
0: I think, I mean, both those directors also have just so much intent behind their madness. You know, like there's, there's artistry and there's, there's themes in those movies that are like, they're, they're very relatable oftentimes too. So like, they're easy to grasp. They're not like, you know, some art house films I've seen in the past where they just feel so distant from you. Mm-hmm. Like, especially like, Nui and Von Trier feel like in some ways, like I I can relate to the experiences the characters are going through and mm-hmm the style feels personal and everything. So yeah, I, I agree. Um, yeah.
1: There's no other filmmaker like, Von. I, like, I'm sorry. Uh, like, no, I mean, um I obviously like Von Trier in terms of like what he's willing to tackle. It's, it's like, they're comparable, but mm-hmm. literally there's no like Gaspar, no way film other than what he can make. Oh, um, yeah. So
0: distinct. It, it seemed like irreversible for the first time. It's kind of like blows my head open. It was like, wow, this is like, you could actually do this with the camera type type feeling, you know, and mm. yeah, definitely. We talked about that in the two thousands, but uh, um, Enter the
3: Void too. Shout out yeah. Enter the Void. Oh, uh, Enter
1: the Void's camera is, <laughs> camera work is insane.
3: Yeah. Yep. No, he's a he's a treasure to cinema. Gaspar, <laughs> so
2: absolutely. Yeah. yeah. By the way, I watched Climax in theaters. I think three times. Oh, oh man, because I knew like I just knew like this is a film that. I'm definitely not going to have the chance to see this in theaters and I don't know fucking how long. Yeah. So like, I got to watch this as much as I can.
0: It's one of his more rewatchable films anyway, because it's like 90 minutes. It's yep. very like, it just flies by and it's like, there's so much worth revisiting too in that film. So
2: speaking of uh, which the fucking, the fucking mid credit sequence is so great. Uh, I love genius. it so much. Yeah. genius. Uh,
0: yeah. Okay. Good play, good great pick, Blair. So, uh, yep, yeah, climax. Um, Carlos, do you want to go next or me? Who should
3: <laughs> Carlos? It's down You're... to two. Carlos can go. All right, hey, you too. <laughs> yeah,
2: I love that. I love that Felix is running this show right now. Love just no, because I, I want yeah, anyway, yeah. to, I'm, yeah, I'm all here for I'm that kidding.
0: Shit. Oh, come <laughs> this... on, man.
2: Especially for the fact that, that he said me next. I love that shit. Um, <laughs> all right. <laughs> uh, speaking of Nicholas Winning Reffin, which I brought up earlier, I'm going to go with uh, a film that is not exactly what you think. You're probably thinking Drive, but it's The Neon Demon. Oh, amazing. <laughs> Hell yeah.
3: No um, Drive? No Gaspar Drive. Gaspar Noe and Nicholas Winning Reffin in the fucking first picks, dude. Hell yeah. Hell
2: yeah, dude. Fucking. So, I mean, don't get me wrong. I I love pretty much everything that I've seen from Refn. Uh I love Drive to Death. That was the first Breffin film that I've seen. And real, I mean, that film alone really opened my eyes to like art house cinema and like the, the different and unique ways that cinema could be presented. Um, so, I mean, huge props to that film. Uh, I love Only God Forgives. I know that there's plenty of people out there that can't stand that film and hate it. But I love that film as well, um, and all of Refn's like miniseries stuff that he's done, uh, *Copenhagen Cowboy* and uh, *Too Old to Die Young*. Love both of them. *Copenhagen Cowboy* is my favorite in terms yeah. of like miniseries stuff. Yeah. People need to watch that shit. Like it's yeah, they do underrated. It just makes me mad. Um, but yeah, uh, *The Neon Demon* is a film that. I watched in theaters. I think I watched it before already. And then I invited Blair to come watch it with me. I like a second time.
1: Yeah, that's man. the only time I've seen it. And I love it. Oh
2: my God, it's crazy, man. You got to watch it again.
1: I know. It was like how many years ago? When did this film even come out? Was it was in 2016. Yeah, yeah. 2016, yeah. yeah. So seven years ago?
2: Crazy.
0: Wow. Time fucking flies.
1: Damn. Um, and I
2: was just hypnotized by this film uh I mean I went into it with high expectations because I loved everything from Riffin at that point but this film just infatuated me and I was obsessed with it I mean I was obsessed with this fucking movie like every every year or two there's always like this one film that I watch whether it be like recent or like an older film that I just get obsessed with and I can't stop thinking about I'm always talking about um, the neon demon was that film for like a year or two. Um, mm. that film, I just, I just couldn't get off my mind. It was actually the very first like video I ever did on a film on my channel. Um, wow. it was Shit. a full, it was a full film deconstruction. I literally went through every single scene of the film and analyzed it and talk about like what I got from it. Wow. Um, it's That's like dope. a, it's like a 40 minute video. And I just this yeah. a film that I just I love to death. Uh, I got something out of every single scene of the film. and it's it's a euphoric film. It's an atmospheric film. as I mentioned, it's hypnotizing because that that slow reference style mixed in with that score from Cliff Martinez is just how can it not absorb you and how can it not hypnotize you? Like it is just so well crafted, so delicately crafted. Um, it's just, I just, I just love it so much. And, and the themes itself, I just really love. Um, I love the themes about, I mean, obviously like in terms of setting and everything, it's about the modeling industry in, in, in California, I believe. And it is just like the way that it kind of tackles the ruthlessness of the modeling industry, and how in a way it kind of represents the ruthlessness of capitalism and uh competition in a way that almost like demoralizes the human spirit and will break you down like you could be the most innocent person going in like going into this career but by the end of it like it's going to turn you into somebody that you weren't were before because that's what it demands out of you and um I just really love the way that Refn tackled that. and I loved what he did with the third act of this film. like it just goes there in every single way, just takes a bizarre turn and <laughs> subverts you in a way that nobody could really predict. And um, I just love that daring, ambitious, and bold element of Refn uh, as a filmmaker and that's definitely represented in this film, especially in the third act um. But yeah, there's so much so many like amazing sequences in it that are just so like visually stylistic that, you know, um, again, I could see like how it could turn some people off. But for me, it was just so absorbing like that uh, runway sequence we get where it's yes. just like this visually presented uh, sequence. And it is just it's so unique. Like it's yeah, people go like, oh, it's pretentious. It's our housey. But it's like, dude, it's it's so well crafted and it's so atmospheric and it's so like thematic. Like how can you not like watch this and just at the very least have an appreciation for what you're watching. Um, it's just, I don't know. I, I, I love this from the death again, the vibe, the atmosphere, the score, the look, the the presentation and the style, the themes, it all just, it all just clicked. And, um, again, I was obsessed with it like with a long like for a long time. And I still like really, really, really love this film. And I think as a whole, it's, it's had a huge, like it's, it's inspired me in certain ways. Um, so, so yeah, uh, that's all I'll say, but yeah, that's the, that that's the neon demon. That's my number five.
0: That's nice. yeah. good. Uh, good detail about neon demon. I personally think that sorry to all the drive lovers out there, but I think that's his masterpiece personally. I. Um, I do agree. you agree too? Yep. Agree. Uh, what, what the neon demon? I think that's his masterpiece, yeah. Oh, hell yeah. I I was going to say, like, most people would say Drive, and I unfortunately haven't seen the TV shows yet, but The Neon Demon, like you said, like, I remember seeing that in theaters just being put under a spell, um, like, on the visual level, and Cliff Martinez's score just, like, seeped into me, and, like, the way the movie progresses and, like, the third act that you talked about, like, it was such a shocking but euphoric just sort of, like, escalation Mm -hmm. of events and... You know, without spoiling anything, obviously, but just such an amazing commentary on the beauty industry. And um, yeah, just I can't believe um, that he hasn't made a film since then. I mean, I know he's done TV, but like to end on such a high note right now, like in terms of his filmography, um, I I personally, I think it's his masterpiece that I've seen. So.
2: Yeah, Yeah. even though I love his like miniseries stuff, I'm
3: dying for him to just make a film. (laughs) Yeah, me too. Go ahead, Felix. Bro, yeah, no, I, I fucking love Raffin. Uh he's definitely <laughs> like he's definitely like a uh, another uh, treasure to cinema. Tool to die young. I fucking love tool to die young. Yeah. Um uh, that is like it's, it's so fucking dope. If you haven't seen it, I recommend it. Uh Fear yeah. X. Fear X? Oh no. Fear <laughs> X is yeah, like probably the only dud in this film. Yeah, that's
0: the only one I, re- I really don't like. Fear X, but definitely
3: I I think uh Drive. I would say Drive is my favorite one. That's, yes, I know it's like a Love norm that. pick. I mean, fair no, enough. Drive, it's a so. it's a
2: brilliant fucking movie, dude. Yeah, yeah,
3: no, it's it's cinema. It's pure cinema. Yep. Um, Nicholas Winding Refn. Yeah, i'd fuck with him. Super, like one of my favorites. Gaspar Noe, Refn. Like, yeah. And you said you, you watched. Do you do a... I don't know. <laughs> You said you watched uh, uh Copenhagen Cowboy, right? Yeah, I've seen all of them. I've seen all this, all this stuff. Yeah, I fuck with, yeah,
2: oh, I fuck wow. with Copenhagen Cowboy. Gotta oh, watch dude. that. Yeah. I, f- I yeah. feel like I can't talk about that with anybody because I feel like nobody has seen it.
0: <laughs> no, where, it's so where do you watch it? Is it on like it's Netflix. On Netflix. It's on Netflix? Oh shit! But I, I never like, go on
3: Netflix anymore. So no, I, I gotta, gotta hop on, on. Yeah, I think Nicholas Finding Refn has like, he's a lot of like his contemporaries and stuff. I think he's always trying to like do like a like a, a, a fresh new futuristic movie like every time it's almost like he's trying to do like this like trying to push the the boundaries of like like now contemporary into the into the future you mm, I know? Can see that. Yep. like he's trying to do like some alien spaceship shit but there's like no spaceships or like, aliens on Earth. I, <laughs> yeah. I don't even know, yeah. No, I know demon, yeah i know what you mean yeah. yeah demon
0: feels very cosmic in that sense to me that's why i was like yeah It feels like you might be watching like different species other than human beings. And I was like, okay, I get it. Copenhagen
3: Copenhagen cowboy has that vibe. Like just turned up like the whole alien shit. For sure. Copenhagen cowboy is very animated too,
2: like in a weird way, Mm. but uh, sorry, Blair, go ahead.
1: All I was going to say is that um, he is really great at like world building. And especially through his style. Of course, I haven't seen Copenhagen cowboy, but I can speak for neon demon and, uh, to old the young. that his his style is like amazingly utilized in uh those two projects.
0: Definitely. Wow. Also, I wanted to say yeah. shout out to Carlos for outdoing uh Chris Stuckman in his analyze video. 40 minutes. Fucking <laughs> make Chris Stuckman look that like bad. a noob, dude. <laughs> yeah, dude. <I> just, <laughs> every something. frame, every scene.
2: Every single awesome. scene, dude. Literally. That's, every that's single awesome. scene. Uh, I, mean, watch, I mean, I mean the, the fucking audio quality is like dog shit, but it was my first video. Like for, for my first video, it got like, I think at this point it has like 30,000 views. So it's kind of crazy. Oh, shit! Did
1: didn't you re-upload it though? with better audio? I did. Yeah,
2: yeah. I basically just like up the volume of the audio and then like re-uploaded <laughs> it. So you can go watch that version if the audio is too shitty in the original.
0: I feel that dude. I mean, one of our, our first podcasts on cinebums sounded like shit um (laughs) because we don't know what the hell you're doing but it's yeah you just want to talk about movies more than anything so you're just like fuck it um so yeah i'm I'm so happy that's our refit movie you have no idea um i was hoping for it so
2: i'm happy i put it on there
1: me too
0: totally
2: um yeah
0: yeah. remember felix like a month ago we watched drive and only god forgives in
3: one night that was a good night and we watched only god forgives first (laughs) yeah so weird (laughs) afterwards like at midnight yeah. or something yeah, yeah 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 that was a great double feature
0: good double feature yeah for sure mm-hmm. all right good shit i'll go next um my number five is melancholia by aforementioned oh var- large let's Montrier. fucking go oh
1: man <laughs> great film great, great
0: film. film um yeah i mean Uh, we uh, not to mention we got the the infamous Nazi quote at Cannes from this film, so that's (laughs) that's the best thing we got, right? No, I mean, I understand Hitler, I understand Hitler, I love the Nazi aesthetic. It's such (laughs) a great video, that is the
2: best video on the internet, bro. (laughs) I,
0: I watch it maybe like twice a year, I love it so much. Um, but aside, controversy aside, I know that's an easy wormhole to go down, but um. I think like in terms of on Trier, like this is like structurally his most interesting work um, just because like the whole wedding sequence in the beginning and like it's so disorienting and confusing and, and just the way he sets up her depression in that sequence. Um, and then the second half being sort of her and Charlotte's Gainborg just sort of dealing with the depression, but also that the fact that two planets are about to collide and um, very, you know, Lars von Trier sort of nihilistic fashion, you know, the world, if if I feel as shitty as if I feel so shitty, the world should feel as shitty as I do is is kind of the mantra I get when I watch this movie. But just the take on depression, I think is so interesting and his use of like imagery mirroring Ophelia, like the, the, the image of her in the water is like such a iconic masterpiece image, you know, that harks back to like classic paintings and stuff. Um, so on a technical level I think it's like my favorite thing he's ever done next to Antichrist um just visually so sumptuous and just striking on every level um and as someone who deals with severe depression I just think this movie just gets the debilitating factors of it the the, the humorous parts of depression the hopelessness of it and von Trier has always been a director who just wants you to feel as shitty as he does in my opinion as time goes on I really realized that and I think melancholy is sort of where things took a turn um, and just ever since I saw this film like I, th- I think about it so much um, as-, as I do with so many von Triers um, and yeah uh, what can I say I understand Hitler um, <laughs> <laughs> I love this fucking movie somebody upload um, that
1: as a YouTube short for uh, Cinnabums. <laughs> Yeah, please dude, go viral, okay.
0: clip me. Yeah, uh, what do you guys yeah, think yeah. of Melancholia though? Brilliant. Yeah,
4: it's uh, it, a.
1: Yeah. It, it literally, I agree with you, Jake. Like this movie tackles mental illness, specifically depression, in such a brutal fucking way. I, I, I'm sure this, this isn't like anything new to add necessarily, but I just love how um the wedding setting is like supposed to be like the best day ever for a lot of people, and yeah. to her, she's just like she can't really help it. she's just fucking indifferent or, you know, she can't feel that joy that, um, that uh, she wants to feel. And just as the movie progresses and like the worlds colliding thing, like it's, it's just like despair so brilliantly done on screen. Like, and uh, oh my God, like uh, what sticks out to in my mind is like the scenes of like Charlotte Gainsbourg, like um, being in such a, a state of anxiety and like i said despair mm-hmm. like um coming to grips with her world is about to collapse like she sells it so fucking well it's really disturbing amazing yeah she she sort of becomes
0: like the sub-protagonist in the second half because she's like it's it becomes like it's about how other people have to deal with someone else's crippling depression um and literally like worlds colliding and she like finally understands why it's so like debilitating and like life-altering um obviously in a very hyperbolic fashion as Von Trier does, but Mm -hmm. I agree. And Charlotte Gainsbourg, like one of her best, I haven't seen Nymphomaniac, but like one of her greatest acting performances of this and Antichrist. She's fantastic.
1: She is fantastic.
2: Uh, I love the ending too. Yes. I mean, I'm not not going to spoil it or anything, but like, I just love, but it also like dives into like uh, the, uh, like in, in terms of dealing with, the end of the world through a children's lens and a children's perspective. Mm -hmm. I love the way they kind of go about that as well. Um, It's just like a, it's a great like conglomerate of like all the themes coming together there at the end. And I just
1: love it.
0: Totally. It's one of my all
1: time favorite endings.
0: I was just gonna say like the final shot of this movie is maybe. Yes. My favorite shot, like top 10 favorite shots. Literally me Uh, too,
1: dude. It is. Oh my God. It's It's like beautiful
0: it's yeah it's so it's it's like otherworldly like you can't explain how it makes me feel but it's like it just what wraps so, everything up
2: uh. yeah what, what i love so much about the shot in general at like the very last shot of the film is that i just feel like you don't get scenes like that like in film uh-huh. <laughs> like you yeah. always get it presented in a very like in a very like exaggerated and silly and over-stylized way and here with Von Cheer, it just felt so grounded. And it felt like the way that I would kind of perceive it, you know, if it actually were to really happen. Um, And I don't know. I just felt like it was just really cool and refreshing and beautiful to see it captured in the way that he did
3: at the end there.
0: Yes. Yeah. I totally agree. Yeah, Go ahead, Felix.
3: Yeah, like I didn't like. Feel good after I watch this movie, but that's like I guess like the the point. But it is like a fantastic piece of art, and I think the moment that gets me the most in the movie, where I felt like I feel like shit, like hopelessness, is when um I don't know if it's like a spoiler, but like Keeper Sutherland is supposed to be like this really stand up guy, oh, and yeah. then just like yeah. what he does, and I'm just like yeah, bro, like you're the yeah. biggest like you're the biggest fucking coward ever, bro. yeah, like, I, like, I, I
2: agree, hundred percent, unbelievable.
3: That shit really like hit like when I first saw that, I was like. I felt like shit. I was. I just. Felt, I immediately
2: thought, just, like, yeah. like what a fucking coward. Those yeah. first words came into my mind. I'm like, yeah. wow,
3: he's I'm a like,
0: piece he just, of shit in that movie. Like, yeah,
3: he's a big piece of shit. Spewing
0: like he's like spewing like uh, facts about astronomy as yeah. she's dealing with like the, the worst shit ever. It's like, yeah. fuck off, dude.
3: Yeah. No, so that good. that part really like stuck with me in, in my mind when she like takes the hay off the yeah and. I was just like, I can't believe he did that shit. Unbelievable. Like, yeah. I did. I did watch that
2: movie again. I I only saw it once, like five years ago. But Same I, here. I, but I remember like a lot about it.
0: <laughs> it's hard to rewatch, but yeah, I was gonna say like I've seen it twice, and certain scenes and like just the way the movie unfolds is like just burned into my brain. Um, mm. um, yeah. I I think it's a a
3: must see masterpiece. Um,
2: let's go let's go <laughs> yeah
3: von trier refin and noe oh my god yeah, and we're getting pa- the big you, ones out of the way panos too don't yeah, forget Panas panos <laughs> motto. your guy yeah uh, no
0: definitely panos. jj abrams we mentioned him before <laughs> the podcast mm-hmm.
3: yeah <laughs> uh jj abrams <laughs> all right felix you're you go ahead you're number four. Oh yeah okay so my number four comes from another uh person another director i think is very underrated um, and that's S. Craig Zoller. And uh, the film that I have is Sell and Bra- Brawl. and oh, 99. No. <laughs> Brawl and cell 99. Cell, cell and 99. Tongue twister. 20, <laughs> from 2017. <laughs> Fucking go, dude. Yeah. yeah. I, this movie goes hard. Uh, Good movie. I like it.
1: I really love that movie.
3: Yeah. It's just like a great, dope, badass movie from the beginning to end. I think I just love the sort of minimalist style but also kind of brings back the sort of 70s sort of like grunge to it. like this sort of um i don't know how you would explain it but like the sort of like grindhouse feel but it's very very realistic like there's no music in it whatsoever and just this whole like story about this dude just descending basically into like hell to basically like just like find this guy to like save his wife. I I just it's such a compelling story. And it's definitely a film I remember watching the first time where I felt like I didn't want it to end because I was just so drawn into it. Like just this just the whole descent into like the prison system and all of that. Like the yeah, it's just and Vince Vaughn just fucking kills it. I I had never seen him in a movie like this before. Just like the the boxer who takes the fall to go to prison and yeah and it's just like brutal and like the coolest badass way ever yeah and he kicks ass in it and, and it's fun <laughs> and it's, it's awesome yeah so that's Fucking my number, love my number that four. movie dude mm-hmm. i love
0: it so much like uh he's kind of like a a monstrous figure like there's the scene in the beginning when he's like sort of like destroying his his car. It's like, you're watching Frankenstein or some shit. Like it's, yeah, he's so, he's just like this figure, the sad figure. That's just about to go into like deep despair and down a path of misery. And it's like, like you said, it's super compelling. The wide shots in this movie, I think are is a great stylistic choice. They're like, cause you feel like this sort of, I don't know. It's like this off putting aesthetic that this movie has. Um, and I agree, as Craig Zoller is so underrated. I don't know if you guys have seen like Bone Tomahawk and Drag Across Concrete are great like throwback B movies, uh mm-hmm. sort of, I guess you'd call them. Uh, but Brawl Soul Black Knight Night yeah, is great. Yeah.
1: I've seen all of his films and I actually really I really do agree. I really enjoy all of his movies. It, I think Brawl is my favorite. I Me too. Um, coming in second place would be uh dragged across concrete, but um no yeah. brawl is just such a fun fucking like epic feeling thing like from start to finish i it's so entertaining to watch his like journey yeah like you said through his descent to hell because like as the movie goes on i'm like fuck it's just getting worse and worse and worse <laughs> it literally feels like a nightmare
3: mm. yeah and it just like it's not like overly stylized it's, it's i think it presents it in such a objective way too like it's such a realistic gritty I feel like it's a sort of Jean-Pierre Melville movie, in a way too. Like it's, but it's it's an S. Craig Zollard movie, but just like that sort of minimalist, like stark style. I, I really fuck with that. It's yeah, he has boring.
2: this. He has this very like slow, subtle style to his movies. But like when he wants to get violent, it's like amped up to thirty thousand. <laughs> yes. Yes. Um, and I, got- I've only. I'm sorry. Go, go ahead.
0: ahead. Go no, no. You go ahead. Keep going.
2: Oh, I was just gonna say I've seen Bone Tomahawk. Dragged Across Concrete and uh Brawl and Sublock 69. But like <laughs> but um I don't get me wrong, I, I really like Brawl, but for some reason I don't remember that one as much as Dragged Across Concrete and Bone Tomahawk. Um I think I think my favorite is probably Dragged Across Concrete.
1: So good, uh, dude. Yeah, it is really good.
2: Um but he just has this like, again, like surprisingly uncompromising slow style to his films um, mm-hmm. that I really, really enjoy because there's like a reason behind it. Um, I think it's immersive for me personally. And mm-hmm. there's an element to his style, like, as you said, Felix, that makes it feel realistic. Um, mm-hmm. I think it is because of that kind of slow, subtle style that he has um you know that kind of you know demands patience from his audience but once he like delivers he really delivers um mm-hmm. but yeah i i i get from what i remember from brawl um i really really like and almost all of his films i love especially in brawl like his use like his his loyalty to like prosthetic practical violence mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. like he just doesn't give a shit he's like yeah i don't care i'm going to go full prosthetic with this no no CGI, no nothing. And I no, just yeah. love that. I love that he's always going to do that with his movies. And and Brawl, especially, like, with the last 25 minutes or so of the scene, it just gets fucking insane with that.
0: Yeah, Brutal. for sure. The final kill is, like, it's straight out of, like, a 70s B movie when he crushes that guy's skull. Yeah, It's, like, a very obvious like, a stunt event. double. It's, like... It's just such a chef kiss, chef's kiss to like end it off. And mm. um, I always remember the scene in the, he fights that one other like kind of jacked prison guard and he like snaps his arm in half. Yeah. And you fee- the sound effect is like just pierces your ears. Yeah. Like everyone's reaction whenever I've showed them that movie is just like viscerally like, fuck. Like it's <laughs> so, it's so enjoyable. Yeah, I agree. It's like with Blair, it's such a fun ride to take every time.
1: It is very visceral, though. I will agree with you. Like I just, I remember my for whatever reason. I think my favorite scene might be like the prison scene where he like fucking beats the shit of a lot of people. Like (laughs) that's a great scene.
4: Yeah, yeah. There's
3: yeah. There's a scene where he's like. I didn't realize the flag was red, white, and burrito. I know, yeah. yeah. That's <laughs> so <they're> like... yeah. <laughs> when he's trying to like work out or something. And he's
0: like, that's right, I'm loco. Get the fuck out of my way. And he just yeah, kills yeah. all of them. <laughs> mm-hmm. And I just wanted to cheer, um, even though it's a very racist scene. But nonetheless. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, no good characters in it. That's what yeah, I love, yeah. by it the way. Is, it is fun that way, yeah. I love shit like that. Yeah. Dude Don Johnson shows up and like the the final part. Oh passing, my god, dude, yeah. So cool. <laughs> yeah.
3: Fuck
0: yeah. Uh, great pick, Felix. Uh, yeah. I I personally will go go to bat to that one when we decide the top 10. Mm-hmm. Um Me too. <clears throat> uh Blair, you're up next with number 4.
1: All right. My number 4 is a movie that I feel like might be a little divisive. I have no idea how Jake and um uh, the other the other guest that feels about this movie. So I'm gonna go with um, 2018's Suspiria, the remake.
0: I love this. Damn. So
1: Damn. this movie, like like I said, it's kind of divisive. P- people people who like it like like it okay or think it's like pretty good, but. Legitimately, every single time I watch this movie, it just gets better and better and better to the point where when I first watched, it, I was like, it's amazing, but it has flaws. Now, I legitimately think it's like a masterpiece. Um, I adore pretty much every artistic um, decision that Luca did. Um, obviously, Tilda Swinton does an amazing job playing multiple characters. And Dakota Johnson, this is easily her, her best role. Easily. Um, yeah. Yeah, and fucking love me a goth as well. Like <laughs> I love movies that have to do with like witches and stuff like that. So that's already like a Blair Core element. But mm-hmm. not only that, it was so brilliantly incorp like um used with the whole like uh dance ritual, making it feel like there's some kind of supernatural element to it. Um it's a pretty long movie, but to me, like I love the structure of this movie a lot. It it flows uh, really well um it is slow but to me it just kind of like takes its time with its um uh environment and its characters and the the bursts of like violence are uh to use the word again it's like very visceral and really memorable i'll i'll never forget like my first time watching it um and feeling like that kind of uh, feeling when um the first like dance uh choreograph and like the girl breaking her fucking bones and shit like yes. that was yeah it's so great um it's also one of the one of the uh most well shot films of the decade in my opinion like um it's it's absolutely stunning to look at I, I think luca in general he he really every film of his just looks beautiful and suspiria might just be his like most gorgeous looking film mm. so yeah
0: I think I might agree there. And Luca is one of my favorite modern directors. Um, just such a distinct voice in, in, in cinema these days. And I love Suspiria. I, I, I understand why it's so divisive. And and being a fan as, of the original, like, deeply, I think that's one of my favorite horror movies. But, like, his take on it is so interesting. And the way he incorporates, like, the politics of, of the war at the time and everything was just so fascinating. I do owe it a rewatch because I haven't seen it since theaters, but... Oh, I do think it's damn, a wonderful damn. film. Um because like you said, it's very long, it's pretty arduous and exhausting from what I remember, but um just some of the best moments in cinema of the decade, though. Just with what you said with the the bones breaking and the final, I don't want to spoil, but the 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 scene it gets crazy in the table, fucking <laughs> end.
1: Jesus Christ.
0: Fucking incredible. Tom York's score is is really oh, incredible. I too. love
1: Tom York's score.
0: Um so I, I totally see why you put it in the top five. But Carlos has been a little silent. I'm curious what he thinks about
2: it. <laughs> I don't really have much to say about it, honestly. Um, I remember when I watched it the first time. I watched it on Halloween, I think, actually, with Blair.
1: Yeah, we, we watched just... it together. Um, Sweet.
2: And I thought it was great, honestly, when I first watched it. But I don't remember all that much about it. And I mean, there's a, there's certain elements of it that I do remember like the obvious stuff um but the bones breaking scene and the whole like climax of the film um but overall, I think with time it's kind of kind of gone down in quality in my head. So mm-hmm. I do owe it a rewatch, but it's kind of one of those things you said, Jake, like it is it does feel pretty long and it does feel like a little exhausting to get through um but, I don't have much to say on it, really. Um, from what I remember, it's it's a good movie. I haven't seen the original Suspiria either.
1: You're not going to like it, Damn. I'm sorry to say. You don't think? <laughs> no, there's no fucking way, Carlos. Swift, like,
0: Dude, that movie yeah. is one of the best yeah, shot yeah. movies I've ever no, seen no, in I, my life.
1: I, I really like the OG Suspiria. It's just like, it's, I mean... Carlos, I you've seen other giallo films, right? So Italian I know it's not horror, technically yeah. giallo but well, Italian yeah, horror, or yeah, natural
3: Italian horror picture.
1: I mean, it's kind of like corny. I mean, it's gorgeous to look at and it's really interesting, but um I mean it's like corny and stuff. I've Definitely. only seen
2: yeah. I've only seen Dario Argento's opera, which I actually really liked. Dude, oh. the oh. opera Opera oh, Opera's rules. great.
0: You might like Suspiria then.
1: Okay. Yeah, I don't, I don't mean opinion, to discourage you. I'm sorry.
0: I want him to watch it now.
1: <laughs> yeah, I will send
0: you my blue, 4K Blu-ray of it. Yeah, definitely. I don't yeah, think maybe. Perry
1: likes it. So that was also a basis.
0: Yeah. All Go right. ahead, Felix. I know you're you're Mr. Italian Horror, so. Oh, yeah, sorry. Yeah,
3: so going back to the 2018, the what we have to mention in this is that fucking Tilda Swinton <laughs> fucking kills it in this movie. Oh, yeah. She's insane. Really mm-hmm. good. She plays the role of like the lead witch of the coven and she plays the, the, the dude in it, the main the man, yeah. man investigator. And just like, yeah. that, that, that's like something that really like sticks out to me. I've actually seen this movie three times. I saw it once uh, in Chicago at the music box and then I've seen it twice. Same. in the past. Yeah. I saw, I've seen it twice in the past, like six months. So oh, nice. I, 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 it's very clear in my head, but. I don't know, I definitely feel like I I love the structure, like you said, and this whole aspect of the hostage situation that's going on at the same time, and this like sort of political like you're also in um, in Berlin, and, like you know mm-hmm. during like in 1977 or whenever it takes place, and you have this whole like political backdrop that's kind of adds to the whole like paranoia, like anxiety of what's going on in this in this witch coven, and yeah, this movie fucking goes hard as well. I remember. When I first saw it and the the climax with all the, the fucking bloody climax is just insane. I don't know how they did that. All the, the amazing they used and yeah, just yeah, it goes hard. It goes hard. Um, it goes hard in the paint. And I'm a big Italian horror fan. It's probably like my favorite genre, to be honest, of, of all time. This is, I think Luca Guardinio was a great, like, was a, a great pick to direct this because remaking Suspiria is like. I was so thing. upset when they announced it, yeah. That's a tall order to do, because Suspiria is probably, like, the most famous Italian horror movie of all time. Uh, Yeah. But he, like, he does a good job. He doesn't just copy. It's more, it's a a less expressionistic uh, style compared to, you know, Italian horror. Like, Dario Argento uses, like, purples and red lights, and it's not necessarily supposed to be there, but it's just, like, there as, like, a a stylistic choice, whereas Luca Guaranino's version is a more realistic, like, sort of yeah. lighting palette and everything and
1: yeah. it's the complete so, opposite of og suspiria yeah. mm-hmm. it is exactly
0: it's like a sophisticated sort of take on the source material which i think is really cool mm. um and speaking of luca like if we were talking 2020s i would maybe say bones and all would be making my list because i think that's like one of my favorite movies of the past few years i just i'm just saying i love luca Guadagnino <laughs> so much dude. He's, he's amazing bones and all <laughs> Would you face. just give a would you give a nasty look at me? Yeah, he's bones at all. It's
1: good. It's very, very fucked. good. Yeah, it's it fine.
0: It's one of my favorite movies last year. I respect people I who
1: love it. I do. Um
0: yeah, but so call sad. me by your name is is also a masterpiece in my opinion. I just think it was it was, great. Yeah. Um, yeah. Call me
1: by your name is amazing too.
0: So mm. anyhow, um, I lo- I love Suspiria. I think it deserves to be on the on the repertoire here, but Carlos, all right, go, go for it, man.
2: All right, so this is a film that really opened my eyes to what, like the, like it really opened my eyes to the more stylistic capabilities of cinema. Um, it came out during a time where I also discovered Drive. And films of that nature that are very like atmospheric and slow and art housey that I just felt really absorbed into, Um, and I'm talking about a little film called Under the Skin. Mm. Um, I'm I'm wearing the shirt as
3: well. Uh, Shout out to Jen. Nice. Uh, Maybe Uh, I thought it was Under the Silver Lake.
1: (laughs) (laughs) That's another great film. That's that's pretty good too. I love that movie. Me
3: too shout out under the silver lake <laughs> yes um but
1: yeah
2: i love this movie uh I, this is a film that i remember i wanted to watch like ever since like I, I remember i wanted to watch it in theaters but at the time i couldn't watch it in theaters i don't know why maybe i missed the date or i didn't realize that i had theaters like in downtown that probably played this film um but i had to wait for it to be released on streaming or physical media at the time streaming, wasn't like the biggest thing ever. So I had to wait until like it got released, um, like uh, on red box or at Walmart or some shit like that. So mm-hmm. like I'm waiting around and I remember like it got released, but when I went to Walmart, it's like his whole thing. I went to Walmart and they only had the fucking DVD for it. And I'm like, <laughs> I want to fucking buy the Blu-ray for this shit. And, um, they were like, we don't have the Blu-ray. I'm like the fuck. So that was like a whole thing with that, and then I just said, "Fuck it! I'm gonna, I'll, I'll just rent it on a on a Redbox because there, there's there's a chance that I might not like it, so why not? Let's let, let's watch. Let's let me just pay a dollar and uh watch it from Redbox. And uh, I fell in love with this film. Uh, this film was just so unique and incredibly dark, in one of the most subtle ways possible. Um. This film is just presented through such a i don't really want to say nihilistic but it feels very harrowing um it's it's presented to a through a very harrowing lens um regarding humanity and our place in the world and um again it's it's I would definitely categorize this as a piece of slow cinema because it is very slow with the way that it wants to establish and present its atmosphere. And even with its horror and its terror, like a lot of that is presented in a very slow manner that makes it that much more effective and that much more unique and absorbing. Um, You know, we, we get once you finally get that, that first scene with uh, Scarlett Johansson, which, by the way, gives an incredible performance in this movie. I mean, it's it's definitely her most subtle performance, but it is also, like, it's, it, it's emotionally effective and it's terrifying. Um, but, yeah, once we finally... Well, once we get that first scene of her, like, in that all-black space as she lures, like, her first victim in, um, that scene is not only accompanied by an incredible score from Micah Levy, I think that's how you Michael pronounce Levy, it. Yeah. Mica Levy. Her score is so good in this film. Um, I remember like seeing showtimes for this film, like somewhere in California where it was accompanied by a live orchestra. Yes. And I was like, so jealous. Why the fuck couldn't this exist near me? Cause I would pay top dollar to see something like that. Um, but yeah, like once we get like that scene, like that is honestly one of the most terrifying scenes I've ever seen in cinema ever.
1: Agreed. Uh, it's
2: it's so totally. haunting and it's so unsettling. And there's just so much there that I appreciate. And um, yeah, like throughout this like entire film, it's so heavy on symbolism. It's so heavy on theme. um. But yet the atmosphere on its own, is so unsettling and effective throughout your experience as well. Um, That like, even if like you're someone who, you know, isn't grasping, you know, all the meanings and everything, you can at least in my opinion, like kind of be affected by the atmosphere and the feeling and the emotions that this film is like radiating. Um, But yeah, I, fuck, I, I honestly, I haven't seen this film in a very long time. But I there was a there was there was like a spree where I was watching this film a lot. So it's very, very still clear in my head. I've watched this film at least like seven or eight times. Um I am. yeah, I I love this film. It's just been a while since I've seen it, but I've seen it so many times that it's still kind of fresh in my head. Um yeah. Um yeah, I I I guess I'll kind of stop there. I just know that. The style of this film and the atmosphere of it and the way that it conveys and expresses like its themes metaphorically is just like I've I I really, really admire this film on a whole other level. I think it's brilliant. Uh speaking of which uh um Jonathan Glazer is coming out with the film this year called The Zone of Interest. Yes that I hear is like potentially could be one of the best of this decade.
0: Another like, masterpiece, yeah.
2: Incoming,
1: yeah. 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 I, so I,
0: I was mean, talking about that with Mike. Uh shout out to Mike and we were both like that's like my most anticipated movie f- for the rest of the year. I just cannot wait.
2: Yeah, absolutely. So like after hearing much more about it like I'm just I'm so fucking hyped for that film. Yes. Um so yeah, that's that that's all I'll say, but yeah, this film fucking rocks my socks. I love it so much and I feel like <laughs> I, in, in a lot of ways like again with all these films really, they've all almost like subconsciously influenced, like the style that I've kind of established so far as like an artist and a filmmaker. Um, so I huge props to films like this that like came on uh, during a time where like I was really discovering the capabilities and the potential that the, of the more artsier side of filmmaking that I've really come to admire and appreciate. Um, oh.
1: Under under the skin I just want to say it would be like my number fucking three of my list. Cause I, I know I've been gushing for like every single movie this so far we've talked about, but truly like under the skin is a absolutely brilliant. Um, one of a kind film and um, atmosphere movies are movies. I adore like the most. And this movie just is completely dripping with atmosphere. And uh, yeah, it's legitimately like terrifying and um, like existential and, Uh, thought-provoking um the cinematography is fucking brilliant yeah i i I basically uh echo everything carlos says because um yeah under the skin is hands down one of my favorite films of the of the decade but i wanted to let uh carlos um take a crack at it rather than me putting out my list so yeah thank Thank you i appreciate that that.
3: (laughs) yeah yeah so just my two cents on Under the Silver Lake. I've seen this movie one time.
4: <laughs>
3: um, I saw it one time, like, in 2015. And honestly, the only thing that I can remember from it is uh, the scene where she's uh, tasting, like, food for the first time. Kind of like, yeah. see if she's, like, human. And then the second part is the guy, like, with his boner out, like, walking on the water. <laughs> you like, would slowly, remember that, huh? <laughs> Slowly, like, going into, like, under the... Under the under container. the Silver Lake. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah that i remember that just the uh, guy like walking with a straight up like erection towards her and then <laughs> just getting <some laughs> don't, i don't know what you're <laughs> i don't even remember that i've seen this was,
0: it
2: a, was it a boner i thought i thought it was kind of flopping not gonna lie i no, thought it was, thought it was flippity
3: floppy oh, yeah, there's, <laughs> there's literally a part where the guy's like walking towards her because he wants to fuck and flaccid
0: then... penis is what i remember yeah no, me do i think he has a boner <laughs>
3: I think he has a boner. We'll settle that. Anyway. We'll
0: settle that later on. Yeah, but, we'll um, settle
3: it later. But anyway, um, that's, <laughs> boner or not that. a boner? Yeah. People in the comments.
0: That... Uh, Bill Griff probably knows. We'll ask him. Oh no, it, I think actually. you're
2: right. I think when he was wearing like his underwear, there was a boner beneath it or something like that.
3: <laughs> now I remember that. <laughs> I, yeah, I, I, that's what stuck it out to me is that you see his dick out and he's walking towards her and she seduces him into underneath the the water under the. And um, Silver Lake, yeah, but, yeah, we just yeah, say under, it to the, the Silver movie. Lake under the Silver Lake. Then yeah. Andrew Garfield's
0: down there, uh, smashing Jer- a guitar, jerking off, jerking off, <laughs> yeah, probably like having sex with some
2: chick because he, yeah, makes yeah. that whole
0: movie. That's
3: a horn dog movie right there, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but um, under the Silver Lake, yeah, that's what I remember from it, but wow, I uh, under the skin, great, uh, so good.
0: great, great merge of two movies there, man, I will say. Uh, yeah, I'll yeah, save yeah. my thoughts that are under the skin for reasons I will not disclose. Uh, who's next?
3: <laughs> is it, it my next? Carlos. He, j- he just went. <laughs> oh, he just went. Oh, never mind. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, Carlos, fuck it. I'll go again.
2: i go again. No. My number three is, uh, I'm just kidding.
3: <laughs> under the Silver Lake. <laughs> is it <there> Redditowing? <Ratatouille?
2: laughs>
3: well, that's for uh, later tonight. Toy Story yeah. 3. Oh, man. Uh, my number four
0: is Certified Copy uh yes. by Abbas Kiarostami um i want to give carlos a lot of props because i never would have watched this movie if it wasn't for you i think because you mentioned you loved really? it um i was this was like early when i i wasn't even in the discord i just watched your channel um and i was i didn't really know who kiarostami was um and i watched this film and then i i was just like masterpiece um i think this is
2: hell yeah i'm on some, it
0: Yeah, yeah. thank you for the recommendation. Um, And this is a complex movie, as your analyzed video, check it out, um, will tell. It's a very complex film. But what I'll say about it, I think I've talked about it a lot on the pod. I'll try to dissect it or whatever. But his use of like artifice in this movie, because he's always been so kind of interested in artifice in filmmaking and like what does film mean to us what do these like relationships especially on screen mean to us um and the way that this movie depicts the two quote-unquote lovers in this movie um and how it sort of challenges that art versus artifice sort of concept i think it's just so riveting in every way um and to me is like kiristami like reaching a whole new level like he's such a master as to begin with, but this movie kind of like it. I don't know, it just it's reached different places that I didn't know cinema could offer. Um, and I'm talking very vague because I think this movie is so abstract, but like just, just the presentation of this film, too, is like just uh, like the profile shots and like kind of their um conversations, um, are just so Is riv- The master of a very intimate conversations that you'll see in Taste of Cherry and close-up, obviously. Um, And this movie just is such a twisted take on, like, what is love worth it? Uh, Is it real? Is it fake? Are the people that we spend our time with, is that, like, valuable time, or is it... Are we wasting it? And this movie just had me thinking a million thoughts while watching it, I think, is just one of the most thought-provoking movies I've ever seen. Um, And Kiristami. Rest in peace, because like uh, the films that he ended on, like this and and like Someone in Love, are such just, just wonderful pieces of cinema that that really challenge the viewer in the best ways possible. And I, I think this film's a masterpiece, <clears throat> um, and maybe my favorite Kurosawa film up there with Taste of Cherry. And I know Felix, I want to hear your thoughts because you watched this like a few days ago
3: for the first time. So, oh yeah, what did you think of it? No, I think it's dope. So <laughs> I like when I first was watching it, I, I just thought to myself, like, this is a lot like sort of this um, before sunset type vibe where it's two people mm-hmm. getting to know each other and talking about art. And then it kind of infuses their own personal lives. But then, like, you know, you get to that halfway point where they do like a little switch, a little switcheroo. A little switcheroo. It's kind of hard to explain. And then you're like, holy shit, like, what? Like, mm-hmm. do these people actually know each other? Or do they not? But at the end of the day, it actually doesn't matter because the whole thing is not real because it, in itself, it is a piece of art that's made up by someone. So, whatever they put in there, it's, it's what's going to be real in the story. So, they had like that, that flip from the beginning and it kind of yep. does like a, like the name says, like certified, certified copy, like is like the fake better or not the fake, but the copy better or the original better? It kind of yeah. has there's also sort of this, um, F for fake type, like narrative as well. Like F for fake by uh, Orson, Welles. Orson Welles. Yeah. Great movie. Yeah. yeah. And it's like, if the, if the copy or the fake is just as good as the original, like does it have the same value to it, that same sort of conversation. I, I love that. Um, and also just, I love the real time element to it, how it yeah. takes place like pretty much in the same exact time that the actual movie takes place like the length of the movie is like how long we're spending with these characters, but you kind of feel like you go on this journey. And I love that. What Abbas Kirasami does so well, like um, that film he did, where's the boy's house has that same sort of real time. friend's house. Yeah. Sorry. Where's the friend's house. And then uh taste of cherry, like how he does like time, space and memory. It's just, I, I love it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Certified copy great. Yeah. Love that. Yeah, I fucking
2: love
3: Certified Copy.
2: I love that movie so much. Um, I know that both Blair and Perry were like really pushed me to watch that film for a while, and I finally watched it, and I was a little concerned going into it, because I was like, you know, I heard that it's basically two people kind of talking philosophy for a long time, and that type of approach and style can sometimes not do it for me. But I was surprised at like how compelling I found it because now like I just know that I find the characters authentic, which I think really, really helped, um, you know, because I didn't just feel like this was the director, like, you know, writing stuff, um, even though that, I mean, that is what it is. But the, what you can your job as a, as a director is to write it the best way you can, the most authentic way that you can to not give that vibe off and I never got that vibe. Like I always felt like the characters were authentic and the performances were great. And the dialogue was so intelligently written as well. I think honestly, Kiristami is like the most intelligent filmmaker out there. Um, Yeah. You know, I mean, rest in peace. He's not with us anymore, but like in general, like, you know, I always found his scripts and his approach to filmmaking to be incredibly intelligent. Like by far, like far and above most of the filmmakers that, that, that I've ever witnessed. And um yeah the just like the themes in this film I just really found so thought-provoking and so interesting um I mean it goes into so many different things it ties into so many different things I mean yeah like Felix said ultimately this is a film that is about the the vow val- the the intrinsic values between um originals and copies and basically uses that as a foundation to explore the ideas of what's more valuable is it perspective that's more valuable or is objective truth more valuable um and it's basically subjectivity versus objectivity that's kind of the whole premise of this film and i think it dives into that and explores that beautifully throughout this film whether it's between a character and narrative experiment that we get, like, halfway through this film that's very subversive and interesting, um, and whether it's just between the ideas that is exchanged between these two characters that is just so compelling. And um, ultimately, yeah, though, I think that um, I love the way that this film explores the value of perspective and the value of um, truth, And I just loved, uh, I just love the way it did that. And I, yeah. Um, William Shamel, uh, who's not even really an actor most of the time. He's like an opera singer Mm. or something. He's fucking great in this film. Like it's hard to believe that he doesn't do acting like it's a full-time thing because he is really, really convincing here. Uh, and of course the goddess, uh, Julia Binoche is so fucking great here. Mm -hmm. Um, just incredible actress who gives an incredible performance and um just couldn't get enough of both of them honestly they were both really really great um and even like the cinematography is great like most of it's like you know kind of simple but there's plenty of shots in this film that just really really stick out to me i think it's very very beautiful
1: it's very beautiful for to look at oh yeah the shots Um, of the
0: architecture and the and like I said, like their conversations are just like, it's so alluring the whole experience, as you said. Um, and shout out to the guy, like to hold your, the the opera singer, to hold your own against Julia Benoche is not a easy oh, feat, yeah. you know? Um, and what a great world we live in where she was able to work with Kiristami before uh, mm-hmm. he sadly passed away. Like one of my favorite actresses to ever, ever be Same on here. screen. Yep. Mm-hmm. She's just the queen, man. I love her
1: same certified copy is a um a very special film to me because i i think i discovered it like on my own uh pretty early in my like uh you know i guess movie watching days um i literally only watched it because i was like oh the actress from um Cache is so good i want to see her like be in another leading role um and goddamn i was like really surprised of how like great this was. I heard, I was hearing nobody talk about it. So I definitely pushed it onto Perry and eventually Carlos. I I was like hesitant to push it on Carlos at first because I wasn't sure if he would like it. Um, But no, you guys pretty much touched on everything I I wanted to say. It's um, in terms of like a screenplay and the dialogue and the characters, it is insanely compelling. It's beautiful and it's um, yeah, very thought provoking.
0: Absolutely, again, yeah. shout out to the Misfit Pond. I would never have found that movie. Thank was you. Wasn't for all. I guess Blair, you're the real reason because you uh, recommended yeah. it to Carlos the chain of recommendations there. Yeah, and the chain went to me too. That's yeah, because I recommended <laughs> it to Felix. Yeah, and Jack it's so amazing. Too. That's love that's, how that works. The whole yeah. chain yeah. is here. That's crazy. Uh,
2: <laughs> that analysis video that I did for Certified Copy that is. I'm so proud of that. Like usually like video. Yeah. It's really good. Usually like when I do videos like that, there's always something where like I look at, I'm like, I don't know if that was, you know, I don't know if I feel that way anymore. I don't know if I should have said it this way, but with that one, like, I'm just very proud of that video. Like, I feel like everything that I said in that video, I still feel about it. And, um, I wish I gave more attention, but I just there's nothing there's that you can really do about that. Certified copy is just kind of like a obscure kind of film. So mm-hmm.
0: very underseen film. Yeah. Except for the, the Kino Lords will, we'll discover it
3: eventually. <laughs> oh yeah. Um, hell yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Treasure to cinema. RIP. right? Rip, Great director. Rip. Like, you know, just like one last thing about it is that I just think it's interesting that this Iranian director as a, just a different perspective on the world and cinema like that. We would never understand because of his, like how he he was brought up in this culture. Mm So it infiltrates his own cinematic language, which is, Oh yeah, for sure.
0: Yeah. So you're saying, where's the friend's house is like, sorry to keep going, but like such a stereotypical story on the surface, but like the touch of his culture and like the glimpse into his life in that film, it just like makes that movie a masterpiece. And like from there, from there on, it's, like, such a distinct, you know, only, you know, Kiristami, like, you, when you see it, you know it sort of thing. Um, so, yes. yeah,
3: I, I echo what you say. <laughs> it, it definitely has that, like, Brissonian, Vittoria De Sica. Yeah, the neorealist type. touch, yeah. yeah, for sure. Yeah, definitely Brisson. <clears throat> speaking of Brisson, my number three pick... Thank you is... for the transition. <laughs> my number three pick is... Uh, 2017's Good Time, by the the Ooh, Safi Brothers, fucking amazing film. And uh, yeah, another film where the way that they use like time and space of like just following this one character that which it feels like I know it's like like from night to day, but it feels like you're kind of like with them the entire time throughout this this journey. And um, I originally had this as number four, but I switched it for brawl and in Cell Block 99 because I just thought like, oh no, Good Time. I think mm-hmm. I like Good Time. A little more because uh, this movie is fucking awesome as well, and just what a refreshing like taste on just like cinema. Like seeing this was just like, I mean, I think all their I've only seen Uncut Gems and uh, Good Time, but both those movies are so like great to watch in cinema. Like you're hooked the whole time. You're just like yep. thinking about like what what is this character gonna do? How's he gonna get out of this? They're just kind of like weaseling his way. Like, through shit, I, I think I like Good Time a little bit more just because it's like a little bit more, I guess, like like condensed and compact and, like, just, I don't know, this is, it's like a perfect movie. I, I think you guys, like, yeah, I mean, Robert Pattinson, fucking Benny Safdie. Uh, no, I need yeah. to rest, man. Yeah, yeah. Do you know who that is? <laughs> His he's friend. The guy, but... He's the guy who, yeah. who the... Who the mangled face. Prison. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, honestly, so fucking good. Yeah. When I saw this movie in theaters for the first time, uh, especially when you get to the scene where it's like the flashback of how that guy got into where he's mm. at into the hospital, like I was seriously, <laughs> I was seriously getting like Pulp Fiction vibes from this from this movie, like seeing it in the in the cinema. For the first oh, time. you lost was, me there, Felix. I'm just kidding. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was. Um... No, I just I, I love Good Time, and that's like it's my number three pick of the 2010s and i think Jacob would agree with me as well and i think i will later <laughs> on sir <laughs> yeah. i
1: i personally really want to recommend you watch um daddy longlegs i yes. i literally love daddy longlegs pretty much like almost as much as i love good time it is fucking brilliant oh, wow. okay yeah i think it's yeah. really great it's a i, yeah, I got to
3: see it i got to see it
2: i wouldn't go that far uh, i mean it's a great movie but good time
1: yeah, it's, it's an unpopular opinion, but I, I just I love the heart that um Daddy Longlegs has. Yeah.
0: It's very personal like they're just making a movie about their upbringing and like their dad. So I know what you mean. Like But it's a, so
1: stressful too. It's, it's very, really yeah. stressful.
0: Um going even further, the, the star of that movie, um what's his name? He co-writes the movie with Josh Shafty. Um the fuck's his name?
1: I forget his name.
0: <laughs> I, <laughs> I, I he directed a movie called Fral- Frownland. Um, that was recently released on Criterion. I think that movie's incredible. I just I highly recommend that movie to everyone. It's like very early Safety Brothers style, um, a little bit um very anxiety inducing. So um yeah, I just wanted mm-hmm.
2: to say that. Okay. Uh, uncut Gems is Cut jams. I I, I've got gems. I love that jams. movie. <laughs> that movie is I love, I think I, I definitely like that movie a little bit more than Good Time, but it's just for like personal reasons. Mostly just because I fucking love Adam Sandler to death. Um, Same
0: here, dude. Yeah.
2: But also just because Uncut Gems was so, that was such a riveting, anxiety inducing and shocking experience that I haven't got with a film in such a long time. Um, Yeah. But I mean, it is. Oh, Yeah. Yeah, fucking for sure, dude.
1: Me and Carlos, both of us, we love Uncut Gems to a crazy degree. I almost put it in my list. Me too. Yeah, it was me so too, dude. I
0: was, I was yeah. very close. Yeah, I was basically choosing between that and Good Time. It was like neck and neck. Uh, it was no, basically
2: between like Neon Demon, Mommy, and then Uncut Gems. That Uncut was like yeah. yeah.
0: For Gems. me, it was
1: the battle of the 2019. <laughs> it was either between yeah. Portrait, Parasite, and Uncut Gems.
0: My favorite movie yeah. of that year is is Uncut Gems. Of like the best,
1: the Once year has like nine.
0: six or seven masterpieces, and that's like my number one of that year. Yeah, um, that's awesome. Hollywood, yeah. yeah, Hollywood. I I don't know if Carlos and Blair would agree, but that's I that's the Tarantino movie I would have picked for this decade. But it's a
1: great movie. I fucking love. <laughs> but I like hatefully more. Personally.
2: Oh yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. hatefully it's amazing. I saw Uncut Gems like. I shit you not like seven times seven I or eight times. Was, yeah. yeah. I saw it twice. That's based. That's
1: based. Yeah. I've seen you know, it like nine times in total.
2: There Holy was fuck. there was <laughs> a there was something about I mean not only do I did I always want to watch it again, but I always wanted to be in a setting to where I, to where I could just experience the raw reaction from everybody in the theater of what happens in the yeah. third act of that movie.
0: It's a good point. Like, there's yeah.
2: there's nothing else like that. So like every time I went to the theater, I'm like, I just want to go to the theater so I can experience everybody's reaction to that, and and never disappointed. But I remember, I think I still think that best reaction I got was when I went with Blair and his mom. Yeah. Uh, and her mom. <laughs> um, that, <laughs> was, that, that was that was
1: such a good experience. Yeah. I remember it so yeah. clear. <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> We went. That's we funny. went on Christmas Eve or Christmas itself. I forgot. Mm. Um, but my God, that was a great theater experience. The crowd was very like. They, obviously, they really like were, digging what they were watching. They were very into it. And then, like when that ending happened, it was like boom! Like everybody just gave their reaction. It was just yeah. something else. It was just really cool.
0: It's like once the credits, like it pans up to this to the stars, and you could hear everyone just like release their. Anxiety. I was like, "Oh, like you get that it's visceral." Finally swing.
2: over. Yeah, yeah the I, I, reaction. that was
0: such a great time. Yeah,
3: no pun intended.
2: I, yeah. I didn't mean to like pivot this conversation towards uncut gems, but
3: no, but they're they're interchangeable. Like they're just honestly, they're like kind of just the same as like they're just like just as good as one another. Mm-hmm. But I just yeah, wanted I, to put good time up there
0: because I I agree. It's I think they're like the same quality, and if, in my opinion, like I I could choose either, but. Yeah. I do
2: want to say good yeah. time in terms of what, it, in terms of like a a pro that it has above um above um. I've uh, got gems. I've got gems. Is that a good time makes me emotional? The ending of that film.
0: That's the thing. Oh my oh, god! Yeah. yeah, it breaks that,
2: me. The end credits of that film. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. Blair just said, breaks oh, me yeah. every fucking time. I'm in tears every single cross
0: time. Cross the room, yeah, the whole cross the room thing. It's like,
1: oh, stop. I re- I remember watching it with my uh, with my ex. She's like, "Why are you crying so much?" She like, <laughs> didn't understand why I was so emotional. Oh, like, mm-hmm. Credits, like, oh, tears
3: completely.
2: running down my face every time. Man,
3: breaks you in half. Yeah, yeah. That's really. I saw it on my my birthday when it came out in 2017. <laughs> it came out like that's my awesome. Birthday. Yeah, and I also with my ex girlfriend as well. So. Oh, that was man.
0: also that was also a movie uh I'm gonna talk about it later, but that was a movie I just immediately wanted just to take people to the theater to see it and just have that same visceral experience I had um it was like a, infectiously, I just loved that movie, you know like i I wanted everyone else to know about it and just spread the good word of the Safties basically um.
3: Yeah, well, I think that movie, Good Time, it took some time for people to catch on. Whereas Uncut Gems, when it yeah. came out, it was like a hit and people like fucked with immediate, it. But good Time, yeah. like people are realizing it's a masterpiece, like later, later Almost on. Almost
0: like a cult hit in a way, yeah, because people yeah. would like, oh, I found it on streaming or something yeah. like that, yeah. And
2: honestly, it's really thanks to Adam Sandler, too. Like mm-hmm. he has, True. he has such insane star power. Yeah, and like a bunch of people just went to go watch it just because of Adam Sandler. They had no idea what the fuck they were in for.
0: <laughs> <clears throat> they did not. Yeah, I remember half my crowd was just like, you could tell they were like, "What is happening?" I did not expect.
2: I mean, just the opening sequence, like with like it transitioning from the opal to like Adam Sandler's colon was just like <laughs> baby. <laughs> you, oh, could yeah. just, you could just, you could tell the audience was like, "Oh, okay, <laughs> what the fuck, okay."
1: I bet it was the same in. thing for Robert Pattinson. I bet a lot of people had eyes on good time strictly for Robert Pattinson. Sure,
2: yeah, that's true. Mm-hmm. By the way, a quick ca- thing. I'm fucking good. Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead.
1: No, I was going to say that I, when
0: I saw that, I I didn't, that was the first time where I was like, Robert is like an incredible actor. Yep. I was going to the movie because like, oh, it's A24. It looks like a cool artsy movie. And it's like, holy yeah. shit. He's like the best, one of the best actors of our generation now, in my opinion. Yeah. Go ahead. Go ahead, Carlos.
2: Yeah. No, I was going to say kind of something similar that, Blair and I were just wanting to look for something to watch in theaters. Cause we, we were both working at the same place at the time. And um, I, I looked it up and I saw a film called good time playing. And I, all I knew is that it was from A 24 and it had great reviews and Robert Pattinson was starring in it and it had like, again, really great reviews. And I'm like, Hey, you want to go, do you want to go watch this after work? And Blair was like, yeah, I was like, all right. So we went to go see it at a local AMC and literally Empty ass theater. Nobody in there at all. Uh, just, just Blair and I in an empty theater mm. watching Good Time. And we both just like had like one of the most amazing theatrical experiences we ever had.
1: It's such a surprise. I knew nothing about it. Yeah. Yeah. And, Same here. Yeah.
3: It's so grimy too. It's like so like real. So grimy. So, like, yeah. Handheld, grimy. Like everyone's yep. a piece of shit. Like Robert Patton's a piece of shit. <sighs> like, yep. Yeah. I, I love that though. I love like it. Like I said before, like when everyone's that one's good but that one's you know, yeah. the the sprite scene with
0: Barkhad Abdi i remember mm-hmm. like the friends i saw it with like just visceral like just clenching, like, oh my god know? yeah exactly yeah. <laughs> no
3: in the theater yeah cuz it's
0: like one of the most like <laughs> fucked up things i've ever seen on screen up to that point just pouring Straight
3: god knows lasted, so yeah. much
0: acid down his down his gullet yeah, yeah. um i'm going to stop talking about good time because i I have it on my list, guys, if you uh, didn't oh. already know. Oh, really? <laughs> okay, it's later. I, I knew, yeah. I knew. I'm wasting all my thoughts. I just don't want to like... Okay. yeah. okay. But I'm glad well, that we're my... talking about the safties right now, though. Yeah, I think uh, we could
3: set a good time slash uncut gems for this one. Yeah. I don't know. Basically. Okay. If you want it. What like...
0: if it could just make the top ten. You never know. Yeah. <laughs> Both of them,
3: yeah. Yeah. Uh, anyhow. But anyway, that's my number Did three, you Did you have <laughs> more? Okay. Now That's my number three. Yeah. Go ahead, Blair.
1: Alright, um, so my number three is a movie that I uh, I knew it was going to make my list, but I was like, it's not very fresh, so I have to rewatch it. So today, I uh, rewatched um, Asghar Farhadi's A Separation. I think this movie is um, very overlooked, because to me, it's hands down one of the best of the decade. It's in terms of like screenplay, um, to, for me, it's like one of the best screenplays i've seen like in any movie period which is yeah that's i know it's saying probably a lot um but um yeah this movie is insanely stressful like we're talking about safeties and yeah this movie like um also just completely like stresses me the fuck out it's such a nightmare like i don't know when you're first like find out what a separation is like discover the movie you really have no idea what like you're in for because like this movie just turns into like such a nightmare situation like um all the characters all the acting is fucking brilliant like everyone feels so genuine um and like um really real and raw like i don't know what it is about um iranian cinema they just are masters at at that um but yeah if um if you guys haven't seen a separation i'd highly recommend it cuz um yeah l- like i said it it fleshes out like what these characters are going through super well um it it takes a little bit to get going but to me in a good way like it it kind of like um sets you up in a comforting well maybe not comforting but like in this l- sense of like lol and um uh but then it just completely like gets really uh um unique in its situation i don't know i'd highly recommend it
3: i haven't seen it so me neither sadly oh damn i know we have to watch that jake yeah i'm down i please do please it
0: seems like something i would love and i love iranian films, so i i'm very sold by what you said so i'm i'm down
2: yeah just yeah. just for y'all's information i co- i 100 agree with blair that film is a masterpiece uh yeah separation is i mean i second everything that blair said it's it's super authentic you buy everything that's going on in the film and it's just such a fucking like complex film filled with a number of different conflicts um it even dives into uh classism as well and the struggles that honestly both classes have to deal with um and the and the situations that they're in uh the unfortunate circumstances that the lower class is in that forces them to do morally questionable things in order to make ends meet and survive um and it's just a brilliantly acted and brilliantly directed film uh really great screenplay the ending is fucking incredible
1: Oh, the ending so good yeah
2: the mm-hmm. ending is it again it's a it's like it's it, it's an ambiguous and powerful ending that i just really really love i'd only seen it once i saw it one time back when the discord was like first a thing and i still remember like a lot about it um but i do need to watch nice. it again
1: there's a yeah. uh, uh sorry carlos I didn't mean to cut you off. no you're
2: good i'm done basically
1: there, there's one thing i want to say that that really hit me while watching the movie um the the main well yeah the main character of this movie this is the best like um representation of this kind of character that i've seen since um cache like the main character in this movie has like a crazy amount in common of cache in cache like it's so subtle but it's it, it hits a lot of like the same beats like in a good unique way it's they're very very different films but even like the ending to cache Uh, reminds me of the ending to A Separation. Like, um, Hmm. yeah, I um, brilliantly written characters. Like, every character, you understand their motivation and where they're coming from super, super well. Like, the movie just makes it so um, followable and um, without, like, holding your hand, of course. It's just really well written and uh, well uh, acted.
2: Yeah, like, each character in this film has their own internal struggle and conflict that you completely understand (laughs) and it makes it like Hmm. so much more compelling because they all come from different perspectives you know like they all have a different uh uh worldview about how they should go about certain things but yet they're all kind of reasonable in a way like you can understand where they're all coming from Mm-hmm. And it makes it to where it's much more compelling because you don't just have this one dimensional thing where you're just rooting for this one person or you're against this one person. And it just makes it to where you're there and you're just along for the ride, just experiencing these complex situations between these characters, um, you know, experienced in this level of authenticity that just makes it so engaging. Um, yeah.
1: It's really hard to root for anyone in the movie besides like the people who are like complete victims of the circumstances like um the main characters like child and yeah. uh, the old man that's really the only people who are like completely like um blameless um in the movie.
3: Yeah. Mm. Yeah. I've seen the cover of it like I've heard of this movie and I've seen the Me cover too. with the with the guy and the the girl too yeah, like just I, f- actually yeah. I've seen that before but now I'm definitely intrigued for sure like Me too. I'll check it out. This was Please like a. Watch
0: it. it was a film I I've wanted to see for a long time. Like I remember back when I started loving films, it'd be on like every list or, you know, of like best films of like the past twenty years or whatever, like or cinefix mm. or whatever I was watching at the time as yeah. a teenager. Like then I'd always see it brought up in certain respects. So I definitely it's long overdue. Um, so yeah, I
1: can't wait to hear your thoughts on it. I will. Y'all, yeah. Y'all's thoughts on it.
0: For sure, rect- I'll rectify that. Um, for sure, Carlos, you are next, right? Yeah, I believe so. Go for it, Carlos.
2: All right. So my my next pick is from a filmmaker that I don't think a lot of people have really heard of. He's pretty underrated, um, but it's a it's a film that, in my opinion, is more underrated within his filmography, and uh, it's Denis Villeneuve's Arrival
3: nice an underrated film by an underrated director that no one's heard of. <laughs> to be honest he doesn't get enough shine these days so i'm glad you brought him up that's underground bro Damn. yeah
0: man
2: very obscure <laughs> yeah. um yeah this is a film that like i'm sorry i just think it's like it's basically one of the most like perfect artsy and ambitious films that i've seen because this is a film that's like it's pretty big budget you know all things considered um and it's basically was marketed you know to a wide audience and it's accessible to a wide audience but yet it's so incredibly artful and meaningful and cerebral um it's a film that like i remember i wa- i i uh showed this film to a few close friends of mine and they're both like you know extremely casual when it comes to like what they've been exposed to when it comes to film um you know they can't really name you off any director at any like ever they're that they they just don't watch movies often but you know one of these days we hung out and i was like hey you know i have, i think i have a film that i'd like to show you all that you guys might like uh i showed them arrival and they were fucking blown away um they loved it and they understood it like they really did understood like they understood these kind of you know mind-bending types of concepts that have to do with the intertwinement of time and language and emotions and extraterrestrial life and everything like all of that uh really resonated with them and it resonates with me um it's just a really really well-crafted artistically ambitious film that i feel like is able to resonate with anyone um it, it resonates with anyone emotionally and uh 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 cerebrally like it's just a film that is incredibly smart it's a film that's um also very sci-fi with uh you know where it's going with how we understand um language and time and how time can be in a weird way affected by language um, I just think that concept is so interesting and so, uh, philosophical, especially in the way that this film explores it. Um, and also how it kind of intertwines, uh, trauma with time as well. Like, it's just such a fucking really great film, how it intertwines all these really interesting and philosophical themes about the reality that we live in, um, I mean, yeah, on the surface, this is just like an extraterrestrial almost like invasion type film, but really like it's so much deeper than that. And the score too from uh, Max Richter, I think is his name, uh, is so fucking great. And the opening scene to this film just yanks tears out of me every single time. It's almost like the the up effect where like the first five minutes are just fucking devastating. Mm-hmm. Um, but like just sets the tone incredibly well and kind of gets the audience like you know on board with what's going to happen next throughout this entire film and it's just film is just an adventure it's it's an emotional intellectual adventure that I just love so dearly Um, just overall like Villeneuve is a filmmaker that knows how to craft something in a very subtle powerful but yet accessible way that I admire on such a deep level. Um, so yeah, that's why Rivals is my number
3: three. Hell yeah, great, dude. Great pick, man. I saw that twice in theaters as well when it came out. That definitely, yes. definitely, I remember when I first saw it, I was very, made a huge impression of me. I actually went on my Facebook and I typed, I made a post and it was like, Arrival <laughs> is a film people should see. <laughs> and, um, and then I rewatched it again <laughs> with like my mom and my brother. And um, no, that that movie it might be my favorite Denny Villeneuve movie. Um, <laughs> and yeah, wave. I think probably my favorite movie of 2016 too. That that definitely had an impression mm. on me. And, and the whole like time shit they do at the end, where it's like the mm-hmm. beginning is the end. That that shit like oh yeah, got me mm. fucked up. Dude. That got yeah. yeah. And no, that it, it was. It's a great picture. For sure.
2: It's a great yeah. picture. I also love how, like, the fucking, like, it, again, it's such a fucking, like, subversive movie in terms of not only the story, but how we think about time itself. Like, mm. throughout this movie, we think of, like, when we get scenes of, uh, uh, with the main character with her daughter. We think of that, like, immediately in our heads as a flashback, right? Mm. I know this is going to get into spoiler territory, but whatever. We should
0: spoil it because it's such a vital, like, yeah. plot point,
2: fuck, yeah. Fuck it. Do like, it. Yeah, fuck them. Yeah, fuck <laughs> them. Like, when we, like, I just think it's so interesting how, like, naturally we think of these things as a flash flashbacks, but as the film progresses in the end, we learn that these were actually kind of, like, flash forwards in time. So, like, yeah all these things yeah. that happened with her and her daughter. We think like throughout, 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 the, throughout the entire film, we're thinking, oh, this this already happened to her. She's and getting whenever,
0: over a loss, right? Yeah,
2: yeah we, we think of her getting over a loss, but she's actually just getting these flashes of the future that she doesn't yet understand. And it's affecting her in a different kind of way that we're kind of perceiving. So like by the end of the film, it just like flips everything on its head in a way that gets us to understand things in a different light and through a different perspective um not only how we think of time differently but how also language kind of shapes the way that we think about things as well um so fuck yeah fuck yeah dude
3: it's, so arrival good. is such a great fucking movie yeah it I is mean, it is it's, it's I would, hard i, I go would ahead. vote that top 10. oh hell yeah dude I right, I right, probably would
0: I mean that. I mean I, that's my favorite Denis Villeneuve movie.
1: Oh wow! Also. Oh yes, uh, I'm surprised. So, Same here.
0: Yeah, I think that's the one. Like it
3: is.
1: It's, I think it's that's kind of, my the
0: one. Well, the way Carlos is talking about, it, I just agree so much. It's just such a brilliant time. The way it constructs time and and how it comments on like linguistics and how we communicate. Yep. And it kind of related to like how the world needs to better communicate with each other at such a pivotal time. Yeah. Like, it's a very... It felt like a really timely movie, for me at least, at the time. And I was like, holy shit. Like, I was thinking about it for days. I saw it again. And as you said, like, it's like an art house blockbuster that's accessible to anyone. Like, I've showed that movie to so many people, and they're, like, mind-blown, or they have different takes on it. Like, it's so accessible. Um, And for some, you know, more pretentious film lovers, maybe they're like, nah, it's, it's very it's a very mainstream take on the subject, but I think yeah. what you said is great. Like how it reaches such a broad audience. Um And I, again, I think that's fill in the waves, uh, best film. Thank uh, you. you Cause, oh.
2: cause I, I asked, like, I remember there was a point in time where I asked everybody in the discord to give me like their ranked uh uh Villeneuve, you know, takes and like arrival was like on the bottom of almost, every, almost everybody's. Wow. List. I was yeah. like,
0: what the hell? I would not suspect that. That's weird. Because they're like Roger Dickinson. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Blade Runner, Blade Runner, Blade Runner. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I, I'm not I'm not a rival denier per se. I like it a lot. Um, but I definitely prefer like Insondi and Prisoners. Prisoners um, is
0: amazing too. I, I will definitely yeah. agree there. Yeah, that's a yeah. masterpiece. Yeah. Um, Sicario and Arrival. is great too. too. Yeah. Um Wait, uh, Insan was before, that's like his French language film, right? I haven't seen it, but. Oh man, people, people say the, so good. Amazing, yeah. It, it is definitely
1: it. like, I think it's the movie that came right before Sicario, if I'm not mistaken, mm. or no.
2: Prisoners,
0: I, I don't
1: maybe? Know. Yeah, Prisoners, sorry, I forgot. Mm. Insan D yeah. to
2: me is his darkest movie.
1: But wow. it's brilliant, That is lot. my <laughs> that's my fucking favorite, by far. I, I love what it. What about,
3: have you guys seen Paul Technic? I haven't seen it yet. Yeah. I like that movie a lot. I, I like know that that's kind of a. I like yeah, that movie like, too.
2: Apparently, it's like a hot again in the Discord. I feel like it's just weird. Like I, I feel at home a little bit. Like <laughs> I yeah. feel, I feel very like comforted with you guys when it comes to Villeneuve, yeah. um, because like in the Discord, it's just I just have very different takes when it comes to him. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, yeah true. I, I, th- I think I think Technique is a great movie. Um,
3: and yeah, again, I like, like that movie
2: too and it's on D, yeah i do agree with blair though that is a film that like that's a must watch film it is very good that's like i think that's most people's like that's like most people's like top two or top three of the discord and i honestly i think it's warranted yeah. because it, it is really yeah. great
1: i gotta see it i haven't seen it what uh, uh fuck i was gonna say oh i just i was just gonna say i need to re- really rewatch arrival because i saw it once in theaters so it's been quite a while
0: mm-hmm that was another mm-hmm. year with just so many great movies, the 2016. So it might have gotten like forgotten. It lost in the shuffle a little bit, mm-hmm. but I fucking love it too. I, Johan Johansson did the score for that movie, R.I.P. Um, mm-hmm. Who did? He did Prisoner, Sicario, M- 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 e. Just What a talent, man. And R.I.P. Uh, I also
1: really love Amy Adams personally. I think she's great. Oh, she's
0: inc- That's like the best performance I've seen. Oh, yeah. Easily. She's insanely good in that.
3: Yeah.
1: That and Nocturnal Animals, which I believe came out the same year. Yeah, yeah she had yeah. a good
3: year that year. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's great Batman year. versus Superman, two guys.
1: <laughs> <laughs> that was a oh, year.
0: Felix made us watch the ultimate cut recently. Uh, BVS.
2: Yeah. Oh, the <laughs> Zack Snyder cut. Bro. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> it was kind of a chore. I won't lie, but it was fun to watch. Yeah. Uh, uh, so that's my number three. No. I'm <laughs> BVS <laughs> um, alrighty I will go next um, I'm actually I'm making an audible guys I'm making an audible because I originally had under the skin but I realized we need more films in here there's too many movies and the way Carlos summed it up I feel like I don't I have nothing left to add to that uh, bracket mm. but under the Skin's a masterpiece I will vote for it in the,
1: From a in the masterpiece. block
0: yeah but I'm switching to a 2019 film and Ooh, that's Parasite. <laughs> no, it's not. <laughs> um, I love Parasite, but my second favorite movie of 2019 after Uncut Gems was actually Portrait of a Lady on Fire.
1: Let's fucking I go. Mean, a, nice.
0: Um, I just had to, I just feel like I had to throw this in the mix because this is such a masterpiece film. If we're talking about the decade, like I feel like Queer cinema became more mainstream and uh with you know Moonlight obviously was a big breakout, but also call me by your name and Portrait of a Lady on Fire just so fucking elegant and artful and quiet. It's just it really hits all the marks for what I love in arthouse film. Um just very subtle. Some of the best cinematography of the decade, in my opinion, for at least for what I like to see on screen, because it's very pastelli, very understated, very reminds me of kind of like of Renaissance paintings and stuff. Um and yeah, just the repression that you feel between these two women is just fucking crazy and riveting the whole way. Um, I just I'll never forget seeing this in theaters with all the hype built around it and just having such an emotional cathartic experience. Um, and yeah, I mean, if you, everyone talks this movie up, so I don't want to, I don't want to be a broken record, but like this, this to me was a defining film of 2019. And I think introduced a lot of other younger people into like more arts, art house films, romance films that are a little off kilter and artsy. Celine Siama is obviously a, a major talent in modern cinema. In my opinion, Petit Maman is also really great. Um, but Portrait of a Lady on Fire is just a masterpiece, in my opinion. I, I, I don't know what else to say beyond that. I hope you guys would agree with me there. Um, a thousand percent, absolutely. Agree.
2: <laughs> Great. Um, yeah, Portrait is it's crazy because I've only seen the movie one time when it came out. Damn. Yeah, it's made fun? such a long-lasting impression <laughs> on me. Um, I remember so much about that movie, but especially like the ending to that movie. I remember like at, like once it ended. And I got the last like whatever like twenty seconds of the movie. I was like, "Wow, this is so this is such a powerfully emotional piece of filmmaking. I loved it."
1: Um, it's nice. yeah. I fuck. I lost my train of thought. Damn it. My <laughs> I that did that to myself. <laughs> That's okay.
3: <laughs> um. Yeah. I I so I saw this movie, and I think I was like in a really bad mood when I watched it. I think I was like going through some shit. So I don't. It's fair. I'm like a real like emotional recollection to it but like people love this movie and just like parts that i stuck out to me definitely were like the parts where like they're in the bathtub and they're like tripping or something like that on the thing and they like kiss and it's like the fucking saliva
0: yeah so erotic
3: definitely like what i appreciate from it though is not like yeah it's like a i guess a you know it's a homosexual like lesbian picture but it doesn't like you know glorify that you know in a way it makes it more like personable yes you know because i I guess it's directed by a woman as well too so it's yes yeah but um it was cool like i just i'm not as big on it as other people i think when i did see it i think i was like going through some shit so like we all do you know yeah that kind of that can affect the way you watch a movie i would say but that's fair man i get it I mean, yeah. just the shot of
0: them like on the cliff, and the camera sort of, it sort of racks focus between them two as they like look at each other and they look back, and you know the shot I'm talking about, where yeah, kind of like gazing at it. Like there's moments like that of just like logging. I just I love that in films and like captured just beautifully by both the actors, but also the director and everything. It just, it it all works so harmoniously to just I think one of the most riveting love stories. Uh, I would even say up there within the mood for love uh, of all yeah, time. Me too. Um, I don't know if that's a hot take or whatever. No, but I, no, I, I think it's agree. up there. I agree.
1: Portrait of, a, Portrait of a lady on fire has two insane powerhouse performances. And also oh like to me, it's definitely one of the best shot films of the decade. It's fucking gorgeous. Like it kind of has that Barry Linden quality where like every fucking mm-hmm. shot is a painting. It's that it beautiful. And the sound design is also really great um yeah to me this movie like fires on all cylinders um and uh, yeah, this this is a like a rare case of like the, the insane amount of hype that was built to this movie like lived it lived up
0: so much because like i 2019 was stacked but like this was the movie that i was looking forward to because out of the festivals everyone was like this is all the critics were like this is a masterpiece like a must-see. And it did. I I think it lived up on on every facet. So We're back. We're at our top two slots. It's about to get spicy. And Felix is going to... Felix, drip a little of that sauce... On us with your number two.
3: (laughs) All right, so my number two pick is 2012's Django Unchained, written and directed by the one and only Quentin Tarantino. Baby, fuck yeah, Django Unchained. Let's fucking go, Christoph. Yes, that brings back a lot of memories.
0: That steel book I used to have. That
3: Leonardo DiCaprio. Come on, guys, let's just give it up right now, dude. Django Unchained (laughs) kicks ass. Uh, bro when I first saw it this is the greatest uh, theater experience of my entire life I would say seeing this for the first time when I was 16 was with my stepdad and then my friend Jack who's my partner on the medium cool show and then a couple other guys and this movie just completely blew me away uh, it was like the first time I kind of realized what a director was I think too just like it, it felt so personalized and I think like my brain had gone to a certain point of like development where I could recognize like the artistic hand in a picture. And Mm. I just want to say like this movie opened up the doors for cinema for me. Like after this, I was like really studying. I I like watched all of Tarantino's movies, all of his interviews. And then from his interviews, I would see movies he would also recommend. And it was just like a, a rabbit hole. And I, I know that Tarantino is kind of like the first like director you, like someone gets into, you know, I was like a cinephile. Like he's up there, like on the, on the iceberg of of, of directors <laughs> but um yeah I mean Django Unchained it's just really good movie like great story fucking this idea of like a uh, a slave that becomes like the hero and like the, the arc of Jamie Fox's character and then we have another fucking great performance from Christoph Waltz like coming off of Inglorious Bastards he does it again in, in this movie I don't know which one like which performance you guys like more? Um, bastards I I, probably. Yeah, yeah, they're they're yeah. they're tight, and I'd be bastards. But I mean, Christoph Waltz, like one of my all time favorites. Uh, just like this mission they go on, and all the hom- homage to the Italian westerns, mm-hmm. and just like the brutality of it, and the the violence, and the way that he combines sort of like the cathartic violence with the, you know, the real actual violence of the day um and like the slavery of the day and Tarantino is like one of the guys who can really like has the balls to like walk that line and sort of make this crazy action movie that takes place in like the antebellum South and yeah no it just like blew me away and like the the moment where um I don't care about spoilers because Django like you should have seen it already but, yeah <laughs> don't worry about it (laughs) but basically the scene where christoph waltz fucking is like shoots dicaprio
4: yes yes,
3: thing i would resist that like totally and then the whole action scene after that i I think at that point i'm like this is the greatest movie i've I've ever seen (laughs) (laughs) when the
0: tupac song came on and when i was 16 i was i lost my shit i was like no way
3: yeah and is then it, the fact that tarantino is in his own movie and then he like blows himself up and that shot of fucking jamie fox and the smoke and he's australian like, yeah the australian yeah. racist it's definitely one of those movies where i thought like to myself <laughs> yeah yeah he's he's australian shut right? up black
0: shut up, black. <laughs> shut up yeah. black
2: you gotta say i wanna hear tarantino <laughs>
3: being racist on screen you never see that yeah yeah anyway yeah love but- it I just thought, like, I, I never knew, like, you could do something like that in a movie. Like, a movie you can make, put yourself in it, like, kill yourself in it. It was just, like, a, just a, you know, it shattered my reality of cinema, guys. I don't know what to tell you at that point in time. So, there was a stretch there where I thought, like, this is my favorite movie ever. There's definitely, like, other pictures that now, over time, I've, like, surpassed it, which I'm going to talk about in my number one pick. But, um yeah, Django on Chain, guys, like... It's fucking awesome. It's like a movie. It to, yeah. It's a definitely it's badass, great action, great dialogue, great story, characters. Uh yeah, it's it's just like a personal like Tarantino favorite of mine. Cause I think uh mm. it really opened the doors for me for <laughs> yeah. Nice. Like, I have seen I had known who Quentin Tarantino was, and I think I was too young when I saw him Glorious Bastards, and I think it went over my head. Me too. But, but now it's like a it's a like a masterpiece pulp fiction I also saw before Django but I think I was too young and I didn't get the hype for it and then when I saw Django I went back and we watched pulp fiction and all those movies and I'm like holy fuck that, that actually is a great a great movie so um mm-hmm. it's an important movie to me it's a very personal movie to me you know is it the greatest movie ever like perhaps not but
0: yes no I'm
3: kidding <laughs> <laughs> but it, it is like on my number 2 spot just because of how personal like what it what it means to me and, That's
0: cool, man. Yeah. We have the we have a very similar arc of getting into movies, where that was like one of them where that kind of led down the road, like you said, for Tarantino and older films like that. It was it was a very similar experience I had because we're the same age and all that stuff. Um, yeah. I will say like now that's definitely not my favorite Tarantino movie over time just because other as I gotten older, my taste has developed and other things just kind of popped up. And it's still I still think it's a very really good film. Um, mm-hmm. And I understand why it's someone's favorite, but I can also understand why people like really don't fuck with it. But um, I know you can't you don't No,
3: I don't understand why people don't fuck yeah. with it.
1: Yeah, not it's no. the it's, def- it's my least favorite Tarantino. on No,
3: Carlos says he doesn't understand why people don't fuck. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, like Blair is like saying
0: that. It's least. I favorite, mean, so, like if yeah. you, I, it, I get it. If it's not like it. your
2: favorite Tarantino, that's fine. But like, if yeah. you just say like, if you just tell me it's meh, I'm like, oh fuck off.
0: No, I think it's great. <laughs> I mean, I yeah, I look mean, DiCaprio is next level in it too. I think that's oh like God. one of my favorite DiCaprio performances and, um, like just the the visual it, it, it's like what tarantino's visual style really took off i in my opinion and like the the, the ep- epic western landscape shots and and the zooms that he does to comedic effect yeah. and, and like really great stuff um the monologue with dicaprio when he breaks his hand is like all time tarantino sequence yeah. too
2: or like i, I was awesome gonna say shit. when uh felix brought up like the the shot to uh uh leo's like heart thing going on that, yeah mm. that's a great fucking scene and the action sequence after that's great but like the build-up the entire sequence that builds up to that is that to me is probably my favorite scene in the entire film me too um, where like Leonardo dicaprio finds <sharp inhale> out through like Samuel l jackson's character that you know they're just fucking like weaseling and they're just there to like fucking like you know stroke his ego in order to get uh jimmy fox's you know wife Why, yeah. back um, like that whole sequence my god is so fucking intense so mm-hmm. suspenseful so brilliantly acted um, just so fucking wonderful well that to me is that that cinema like that entire thing is just like so fucking
3: great yeah and robert richardson's photography is like, amazing too amazing, amazing. oh yeah.
0: like, i'm curious like- for blair though like why that's your not to put you on blast already i'm just curious like why that's your least <laughs> favorite of his filmography
1: um, just to put it simply, like, I think the movie starts off, like, really strong, but once, once it reaches a certain point, I feel like it really does, like, start to meander and lose me quite a bit. Um, I, it's not by any means a bad movie at all. Um, it's just that literally every other Tarantino film, I find a lot more enjoyment. It's more, it's, like, tighter on the runtime, and it's, um, yeah, I don't know. It's, I mean, it's... Uh,
0: I, I understand that I it do. is long and sweaty, and there's a lot of scenes that you could arguably cut because it's very self indulgent at points. But that's also Tarantino, so I get it. Uh-huh. Yeah, I'm fine you with self
1: indulgence. That's
0: the thing. Yeah, yeah. There's nothing bad. I would just say I get, it. I get it. Why? Yeah.
2: I do understand why people say like it's 20 minutes too long or whatever. Yeah, but it is long. to me. It's very to me, long. that I mean, but like literally, other than that. It's film's fucking amazing. Mm-hmm. Like that, that to me is like really the only thing that I understand. Everything else I think is like, I mean, everything, everything else besides that, it, I think this film is masterful as hell. And it's yeah. super entertaining.
3: Yeah. Well, here, here's the thing about the length. So I think this is his, like when Django came out, it was his longest movie ever. And this is his first movie that he did with Fred Raskin, his editor, Fred Raskin, because everything before that was Sally. Right. Mankey. Yeah. And I think Sally Mankey had more of a grip on Tarantino because she started with him when he was like a small, like his first movie. So he had, she had like more of a say in like cutting things down. I think she had like a tighter editing compared to like Fred Raskin who was coming in and Tarantino's already (laughs) an established master. And he's like, you know, Tarantino's like probably like fucking, you know, talking over you and like telling you how he's like so intense that like it's hard to say no to him. I, I think at that point, I think that's what, what's going on with Fred Raskin's movies because, this Django Unchained, what's uh, The Hateful, Eight, Hateful and Eight, yeah, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood are all his longest movies after his uh, you know, since like R.I.P. Sally Makey. but I think she yeah. had like a tighter grip on like her opinions really mattered and she, she kind he, of could yeah. stand up to Tarantino, you know what I mean? She probably challenged his, the she
0: challenge I agree totally. She challenged probably his ideals yeah. and stuff. Like Thelma Shoemaker with Scorsese is a similar thing where yeah, yeah. she probably puts hold on his big ideas and sometimes maybe he's mm-hmm. you know overly ambitious sequences, you know, stuff like that. And, and tearing into like uh, you're right, because like all of his movies post Django are f- long as shit. And like what once upon a time in Hollywood, I think the cut that was like there was a cut originally that was like five hours or something. Yeah. Uh before it I was like, yeah. Um but again like we don't have directors doing that. So I don't think it's an issue. I think it's just interesting
3: to mm-hmm to look it's back like on. point, I want to make about the adult length. But yeah, yeah it's really, really cool. Long. Yeah. I think it's like really long. But anyway, yeah, that's uh, my thoughts on Django Unchained, my number two pick for the greatest The, Ch- the Django 2010s. Unchained. So, <laughs> the
0: Django. It, def- it definitely took me on a trip down memory lane just thinking about, you know, yeah, seeing that for the first time and all that shit. Mm-hmm. But uh, Blair, you number two.
1: So yeah, my number two was my number one and two were super duper easy because they've always just been my absolute undisputed favorites of the decade. So, my number two, I'm ha- happily happy to announce I'll represent uh, Park Chan Wook again because I'm going to go with um, the Handmaiden 26 years. Yeah, Damn. Over this, Parasite. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's tough because Parasite is fucking phenomenal, but I don't know, the Handmaiden. I arguably like it better than old boy as well like it's i do too. i agree yeah absolutely brilliant on literally every um phase of filmmaking in my opinion um it's funny because like this is another like um uh obviously a lesbian um uh story um but it's so different from portrait of a lady on fire like if you look <laughs> at like their plot synopsis they're they would seem a little similar because they they're not like allowed essentially to like be together. Uh, But that obviously doesn't like stop them. Um, But they're like the handmaiden just goes through so many like um, twists and turns. Um, Obviously I'm not going to give away like what happens, but there's something that happens in the middle of the film that just completely recontextualizes the whole movie. That's like, done in a way to where like people who don't like that story beat, like you, you can't even help, you can't help, but like, admit like that was like really well done. Um, I haven't seen much from like these, the two um, lead actresses in the film, but they're, they both give like insanely great powerhouse performances. Um, And on top of that, I just love like the, the um, style of like traditional, um, Japanese uh the Japanese um themes and like how um (sighs) sorry I'm just kind of like all over the place um no no, it's it's a great uh like erotic uh thriller film it to me it's like the best um film to to come out of like that uh Mm sub-genre
4: um
1: and uh yeah obviously the cinematography is fucking completely breathtaking there's so many memorable uh, shots in this movie my favorite probably being like the the shot of the tree um and like um not to give it away but like the the girl trying to like hang herself like it's very like darkly comedic and um obviously like the elephant of the room is like um how much fucking explicit uh sex scenes there are but like um it's way more like purposeful than say something like blue is the warmest color. Like exactly. um, Yeah. It's, it's so purposeful in the film and it's very, very explicit, but um, yeah, it's personally,
2: I feel like it's there to show like in detail, the actual level of connection they actually have. Like to me, it like really like intensifies their, their uh, dynamic in a way that we, we wouldn't have gotten if those scenes weren't there.
1: Right, you get like legitimately pieces of their character through those scenes and and how they like almost mm-hmm. interact with each other and almost like the the exploration of like their power dynamic. It's really interesting.
3: It is. Yeah, I, the way I, that they tell I... the Go ahead, Felix. Um, the way that they tell the story too, like this whole shifting perspective as like sort of Rashomon thing they yeah. do. Is, uh, I love that when like cinema really does like a, sort of like a time space and memory aspect of just switching perspectives that only like really cinema can like do and like mm-hmm. as an art oh, yeah. form like storytelling wise you know totally so i was gonna
0: say like this was originally in my top five as well mm-hmm. um we talked it over and i just gave it to blair uh but i, I appreciate I, that <laughs> of course no of course and you had a you know a great take on it too because i agree like the I, I also prefer it to Old Boy, which might be a hot take. And even just the re-release of Old Boy came out. I fucking love that movie so much. Me too. I think Park Chan Walk's like one of our greatest craftsmen in cinema, in modern day cinema, in my opinion. Just like his editing style, the way he shoots things, his darkly comedic tone that he harnesses between in all of his films. Like it's just all of his movies are so satisfying to watch as like a as an aspiring filmmaker myself, because it's like He just he just does his own thing. And like all of his movies are so rich in in every aspect. And like The Handmaiden to me is like he he loves twisty storytelling and sort of like these subversions of like character dynamics and stuff. And The Handmaiden has all of that, like on top of like being an erotic thriller, uh, really compelling sort of character shifts and stuff like that. And yeah, like that's. That's such such a fucking good movie, man. I, I just love it so much. Um and yeah, director Park, one of the goats. Yeah, yeah. one of my oh, absolute yeah.
3: favorites. I, I like him more than Bong Jun Ho. I
0: mm. I don't I have such a hard time with that one, but me too. I mean, I don't think I like similar to what Blair said, I think The Handmaiden is my favorite like of all those films, but
2: yeah, I think I, think, I agree. I think I like Bong Jun Ho a little bit more, but they're both phenomenal.
0: I mean, like, yeah. Parasite, Mother, Memories of Murder. Yeah, that's you know? why.
2: Because I think Mother <laughs> *Mother* is a 10 out of 10 for me. Memories of mother, Murder is yeah. a 10 out of 10 for me. Parasite's a very strong 9, so it's like, mm. you know.
3: I, I, yeah, I like, what you... um, what's the one, Ouija? What? Okja. 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 Okja's, Okja's <laughs> Ouija. Ouija. Ouija by Bong ho <laughs> <laughs> I want to see that now. I, I like Okja. I liked it a lot. Yeah, Oak me just, too. It too. Oak I love Okja. It's great. Snowpiercer.
1: Snowpiercer is Piercer, Snowpiercer's good. Snowpiercer
0: is good too. Yeah, it's a decent
1: movie.
0: You know, originally, yeah. this is a th- this is a like a sidebar, but originally when we did our best of the decade list like years ago, I had Snowpiercer in my top ten, and like I would I don't know what the fuck I was like I oh, love that movie a lot, but I was like Bong Joon Ho, and I was like I just didn't want to pick pair. I was like. Yeah. Embarrassing, embarrassing for <laughs> sure. But, uh, I still love Snowpiercer, I think it's a fun ass movie, but uh, yeah, I don't, I don't know. know if I, Park Chan Walk, I'd, I'd say Park Chan Walk mainly because nothing compares to Old Boy or The Handmaiden or even like Joint Security Area, I J- love JSA Security or, or, or Lady Venner. Yeah, I,
2: I really need to watch that one.
0: Oh my god, Joint is area. a is mas- a masterpiece in my opinion, yeah.
1: Yeah. I adore Thirst and also I love Decision to Leave. I think Decision to Leave is fucking Me too. awesome. It's I know great. that's
0: that, that's a very hot button issue in the Discord, but yeah, <laughs> that was one of my favorite films the last year, mainly because I love Park so much. Um and I saw it like twice, but it's a very complicated uh movie for a lot of people. So I get it. I agree though, Blair. I love it.
3: Awesome. Yeah, definitely old boy, joint security area, handmaiden. They're definitely probably like my my top three the Park Chan Wook, yeah.
0: (laughs) Sympathy for Mr. Vengeance,
3: Lady Vengeance. Love those movies. So good. Oh my god! No, just the way he tells his stories is just so unique. They are, and they're so modern, fresh. Like, Mm -hmm. yeah, digital photography and the new one. Yeah.
0: After a little technical issue But Carlos is up With his number two film Of the decade
2: All right. Um, So my number two Is a film that I do own But I can't show it off Because I let my friend Velvet Borrow it Like I want to say five or six years ago And uh, (laughs) She never never gave it back (laughs) Nor do I think No, do I think she ever watched it? But that's okay. (laughs) I forgive her. (laughs) Um, But either way, this is a film that is very near and dear to my heart. It really, really means a lot to me. Um, uh, And the film I'm talking about is David Lowry's A Ghost Story.
3: Um, Nice. Hell yeah.
2: Yeah, this is a film that just, like, it, it came into existence and, it presented itself to me at just a crucial moment in my life. The timing was just so. It has a huge part as to why I love this movie. I mean, I would. I mean, regardless, I would love this movie, whatever time it came out in. But the fact that it came out around this time, I mean, around the time that it did, um, made it to where it just impacted me much more emotionally, um, because at, and that same year I had lost somebody. That was really close to me. Basically, I lost somebody that was going to be like my partner in crime with this channel, like with my channel. Um, uh, like the whole like the whole shtick of this channel was supposed to be like he does like gaming content and I do the film stuff, and that's why we called it the uh the uh, Misfit Pond was that was like the whole deal, but you know. Tragically, he lost a battle to depression, and you know, things just unfortunately unraveled the way it did. And when a ghost story came out, it just hit me to my absolute core. Um, just the way that the show was presented, just really. Oh, no!
1: Oh, fuck, fuck, damn, what a time, too. That's I know
0: that was. That was gonna yeah, be ghost a... story. Yeah. <laughs>
1: okay. Ghost story is great. Ghost story is amazing. Say. Yeah, I yeah. Love
3: it. No, I was gonna say like that movie made me cry too. Like honestly, like that's the last oh, movie yeah. I remember that made I me would. Cry.
1: Oh damn! I cried at everything. Yeah.
3: <laughs> that movie wrecked me. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Though it's, a, it's such a good pick, though for 2010s, so I would I would vote for that. Oh, oh okay. Back. You're are back. We, are we back? Yeah, yeah. You're yeah. back. You're back.
2: Okay. What
3: did what, what, you, what, you, what I, I
0: leave off at? You said ghost story, man, and then you're about to say something about it.
3: Oh shit! Really? Yeah. Well, we, we yeah, you're talking about your friend you were starting the channel with.
2: Oh, okay, okay. Then I, then I think I, I think I started talking about like, like time or something. Yeah. Um, I'll just say like in terms of the way that this film presents time, like it really makes you appreciate the time that you have. And it makes you take time and the experiences you have in life less for granted. Um, I mean, as human beings, it's almost, it's like almost impossible to not take things for granted because we just have to live life, you know, our own way, you know, we had no choice. Um, But in a way, like the way that this film has such a slow style to it, which I know is like unbearable for a lot of people. um, To me, that slow style is so purposeful and meaningful because it really does make you understand how long like one second is <laughs> and how long a minute is. And right. um, to me, like, again, with ultimately one of the main themes of this film being, um, you know, how limited time is and how much little time we do have on this earth, um, I think the way that this film is paced is absolutely perfect. For what it's trying to express um and it's just such a fucking like existential and emotional experience and it's because of that it's because of david lowry's style that it brings to the table that makes it that way um and yeah like I'll, the fucking score to this film is just so fucking moving and heartbreaking and masterful um the song from uh dark rooms is just like Oh my god, it's just it, it hits me on such a higher level. Um like really, like just if I if I hear almost, I mean, really, if I hear any score from this from this film, it's gonna bring me to tears. But that song specifically uh always brings me to tears. It's just so effective. And um, and yeah, I mean, again, uh, I think what David Lowry was able to accomplish was such a simple like what's but, but, but a simple concept really It's basically just you know somebody dies and then throughout the film we get that perspective as time moves on through a ghost sheet which is a very simple and really like cost-effective concept um it, it just really made something that was special and something that was really moving and existential uh you know putting somebody in a ghost sheet can come off super cheesy and corny and just not good at all yeah, but he did the exact opposite. He was able to make something that just felt so impactful and so emotional and so thought provoking. Um. So, yeah, I mean, overall, like I think he was able to use this very simple and cost effective concept in a way that makes all of us think about, um, you know, not only our place in the universe, but just how valuable time is in general. um. But yeah, that's all I'll say about it. I This movie is just so special to me. I love it.
0: Well, thank yeah, you for but... sharing that. That's that's a really great connection you have with that movie for sure. And mm-hmm. I, I second everything you said. I absolutely adore the film. I actually got a chance to meet David Lowry once um, after, for a screening of this film. He did a Q&A and I went up to him and told him how much the movie meant. And he was like, he was just such a welcoming direct, you know, usually sometimes they're a little off putting or you know, up their own ass, but he was like, "Yeah, man." He's like, "It's cool. You want to get into films too?" And he was just super, and you could see that the genuineness, like, and the how much humanity he has in this film. So, you know, so I, I agree. I think it's an incredible movie. Um,
3: yeah, yeah. I, I feel the same way. Like we were just saying when you were when you were gone, Carlos. When, um, in the middle of that, um, I was just telling them like this is like the the, the last movie I remember where I actually cried during it, and wow. specifically like the scene where it's just so fucked up how he's like has to like be in this house seeing everyone's like his his yeah. like partner's life move on without him, and he's like kind of forced to watch that, and like the scene where he where she like finally brings some like guy home, and he has to like kind of yeah. be there and like uh. watch that, dude. That that like destroyed me, bro. Because yeah. I think I was also kind of still going through like the aftermath of a breakup at that time and like kind of like feeling like i really just like felt that like people you know like move on from you once you're yeah. gone and shit and but like it sounds like hell to like if you died and you had to like be there and see like people move on from, mm-hmm. from absolutely you and shit, that that is a uh, really tough and then just like <clears throat> that's just like one part but like the rest of the movie the way they did they do time and stuff i yeah it, it's it's incredible. I was blown away by this movie for sure. It,
2: absolutely. Like, it's, it's just such a complex feeling, like having to come to grips with the fact that people have to move on. Cause like, you know, I, I always tell people like, you know, if I die, I don't want people to at all. I mean, the ideal situation is I don't want people to feel sad. Like I don't want anybody to ever cry over me. Um, mm-hmm. But that's just not reality. I know that some people are going to, and that's just the reality of it. But you know, it, ultimately i would love for people to move on like i don't want people to linger on it i want people to move on because i think that's healthy you know uh lingering on things like that is going to rob you of a quality life um you know but at the same time like if conceptually speaking if i had to sit there and witness people moving (laughs) on that would hurt that would be devastating and i'll be lying if i said that wouldn't be devastating you know it's it's a it's a very complex feeling, you know? It's something that you know has to happen because it's good for them. But it just hurts to know that in a way you're kind of being forgotten. Mm-hmm. Um, But yeah.
0: Absolutely. I agree. It <laughs> takes a very taboo and, like, uncomfortable subject that we all try to bury deep down in our subconscious, but it does it in a very elegant and, like, loving way. That's why I love this movie. It's, like, so it's just about humanity in general. And like, I remember halfway through this movie, there's that monologue um, that the guy from old joy actually gives. Um, and like that scene, I was like, it's just, so, it makes a lot of people call it preachy, like the writing in that scene, but I thought it was like incredibly profound and like personal. Mm-hmm. Um, if you guys know what the scene I'm talking about. Uh, yeah. Yeah. It's like the, the guy scene
3: with like dialogue, in
0: the it. guy at the party. Yeah. who just kind of and. Yeah. it. That scene just beautiful. Um, and...
2: Yeah, thank you. I love that scene. But a lot of people tell me, "Oh, that's one thing that's holding the film back is that it's oh, uh, it's so it's so I, on the nose I, and it's so preachy." Uh,
1: I hate to be the, the the fucking person, but yeah, that is that is the one scene I don't like in an otherwise uh, in an otherwise brilliantly told film.
0: I I totally get it, but come on, he's fr- he's from Old Joy though. He's a Kelly Reichardt. I, I love.
1: I've never I've never seen the Old Joy, unfortunately. Uh, yeah, I a- <laughs> But but I don't want to like have the one thing I say about it be negative cuz I uh No, I, yeah, of course. I do. I I completely echo what you guys are saying. It's that that scene uh specifically like with the um I can't remember what what action he does. Like there's like something to be left behind or something like that. Um and and he watches like the house crumble or something like that scene oh, is very God. harrowing. Oh, yeah, it's, yeah, so, yeah. it's so emotionally devastating but like as Carlo said, it's, it's fundamentally like human. And it's like with the, the reality though, you know, that's just going to happen. Um, and it's, the movie is just very like uh, genuinely like profound without saying like much of any dialogue. It, it's through like, not even like necessarily like acting because we are watching like a sheet, uh, um, like a literal ghost sheet, but it's just like the emotions of the, of what's happening on screen. It's very, very real. Yeah. yeah.
0: I want to rewatch this like right after we stop. I uh, I need to yeah. re-experience what this movie gave us, you know. Um, also, Rudy Mara ate a whole pie and threw up. Oh, like, I love that that's scene. That's fucking, that's acting
2: that's right there. That's such a yeah. great scene, <laughs> yeah. Love that. Um, oh, yeah. I'm a, I, I will defend that scene to my dying day. Yeah, <laughs> I,
1: I love that scene.
0: Me too.
2: Also, I love how like in this film, we get like a scene to where You know, once like Rini, once uh, Rini Mara has moved on to like a different house, he still stays in the house. And then we have like this like Latin family move in and they're there and we get almost this really like horror-esque take and like conceptual take on a haunting where it's like, you know, there's this like, he's basically haunting the house because... Of him, again, almost like it's a very classic take on a haunting, but presented through a very substantive lens to where we kind of get to see like the pain that he's experiencing up until that point. Um, So we kind of get to see the classic haunting thing of like, oh, this person is not ready to leave and is taking it out on the current family that's dwelling in the home. But it just feels so much more effective and rewarding when, when presented through this buildup lens. Um yeah, I, I just I just thought I'd bring that up because I also love that scene as well.
0: For sure. Yeah. Um very lugubrious film. Oh, but I get a lot that's out a of it. a good
3: pick. I I would vote for that one. <laughs> oh hell yeah. Thank you. Yeah.
0: Don't no, give away your uh your secrets too early, my man. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I love it. I would too. I would too actually. Um David I Lowry. I, I, I want found. David Lowry to make more Art House films. Um after that the Green Knight. Like I wish he would do it more. But
2: yeah, because after the Green Knight, he made fucking like some Peter Pan movie or some
0: yeah, shit. Peter and Wendy, yeah. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> How,
2: How the, do... the fuck you do it, man? <laughs> he's a he's a, bit a
0: he's a softie, but we love him.
2: Like I know, I know, I know you probably need, you know, I'm 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 sure the paycheck was good, but it's it's time it's, t- it's time to go back to real cinema. Come on.
0: True, true. <laughs> um yeah, good stuff, guys. Uh my number two uh comes from my favorite uh, directors of all time, the Coen brothers. Um, and this is one of my favorite films by them. Uh, one of my favorite films of all time. And that is Forgive the Normie Blu-ray, but that is Inside Llewyn Davis uh, by the Coen brothers.
2: Um, Fantastic which, film.
0: Which is, I mean, what we've been kind of talking, a common theme today is just films that got us deeper and deeper into into films and this was a film i saw in theaters back in 2014 um very thriving time for for you know there you go we got the criterion there <laughs> uh thank you for that and this was just a time where i was you know as felix was saying discovering more directors and i was you know going through the cohen's and saw they had a new movie coming out and ever since then i just fell in love with this movie and what it was kind of saying about the starving artist and it's a very 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 melancholic film um having seen it you know many many times now and just the journey that Oscar Isaac or, or Lewin goes on how hopeless it all feels um it, there's just so much truth to it I think for you know obviously it, it details the folk scene uh, folk music in New York in the late 60s transitional period for for music and everything but I feel like it has such a timeless sort of messaging for just artists in general you know the ones that have the talents or maybe just one little thing like in the film spoiler one of his uh his partner committed suicide um his music partner um and he becomes this very sort of self-destructive toxic person um and i feel like you know we're we're aspiring filmmakers here we we felt i've I very much related to Lewin's struggle many times where he's just kind of drifting around and he's just so tired of it all. And um, he feels like he has the talent and a voice to sort of contribute to the scene, but you know, no, one's giving him a shot. And I feel like for the Coen's, like a lot of their movies are either really ironic or sort of, you know, poking fun at their characters, you know, but this movie felt like a very genuine character study, um Oscar Isaac's fantastic it's got a great supporting cast with, like carrie Mulligan Adam Driver for one se- one amazing scene uh John Goodman just a great movie about the starving artist is what i'll say and like the cinematography you know, like how desaturated it all feels like this kind of grayish mm-hmm. look it's like one of my favorite you know they work with deacons um all the time so a lot of their movies look fantastic but there's something about this desaturated look in this movie that always spoke to me um you know, I love again. I, I I had melancholia. I love movies about depression and uh, <laughs> that sort of hopeless feeling that we all come across sometimes. And um, you know, I don't know if y'all would consider this a top tier Coen Brothers film, but to me, it's um, I sometimes would. I do believe it's their best, one of their best films in their filmography, So I had to had to bring it up. I definitely put it in my top five Coens, probably.
1: I put it in my top five for sure. Yeah, sick. I think I know, it is really great.
0: And they have so many great films, um, so it really just depends on, you know, where your sensibilities are. But I, this, I ever since it came out, it's been like, I just, it's one of my favorites.
3: Yeah, sorry, guys, I haven't seen it. Ah. Uh, yeah, I watched f- it. You'd like yeah. it. It's good.
1: A lot, of Cohen fil- a lot of Cohen films have, like, a lot of humor to them, and this one is definitely, to me, like, their most, like, dry- kind of straightforward film but it's really well told
0: that's a good way to say it yeah it's very it's like very simplistic because it's just you're just kind of like chronically just a week in his life you know and you're just there for the ride and experience his trials and tribulations and you know like the sequence where he goes on that road trip to chicago and like you feel like in any other film this would be like their redemption arc and they're gonna finally make it and like become a success and like I don't want to spoil it for Felix but like just the hopelessness in this movie I just find really brave um, and you know for kind of like a very you know yeah uh, people define what people would expect with it um, but yeah I, I I find a lot of comfort in this movie but I also find a lot of you know despair and sadness and you know that's what cinema is all about right you know just multiple facets of emotions and and I, I just love that um from this movie so
2: you do have yeah. that really uh funny scene though with uh uh Adam Driver and uh Justin <laughs> Timberlake Oh please, yeah <laughs> please <laughs> Mr. Kennedy please, please Mr. Kennedy uh-oh <laughs> That's
0: that's a top tier fucking Adam Driver scene right there
4: I love
2: <laughs> that a, scene
0: so much It's so good. There is definitely I mean every Cohen Brothers movie even like no country has a little comedy snuck in there, in my opinion. So
4: yeah.
0: Um yeah, that's my number two. Um and my god, we're at our number ones for the 2010. Spicy decade. time.
2: <laughs> <laughs> very excited.
0: <laughs> very excited to delve into this. Um but Felix, our wonderful guest and mm-hmm.
3: lover of cinema. What is yeah. your number? What's your number one, man? Okay, so My number one is kind of a curveball because my last four pictures are very violent, intense movies. This one is a romantic comedy from 2011 starring Owen Wilson which is Midnight in Paris from 2011 written and directed by Woody Allen. And um, this is a movie where I, it's like probably my number, one of my number, like, my top like comfort movies of all time whenever I'm like feeling down or whatever I'll, I'll watch this movie and then anyone i actually show this movie to like i can show this movie to like anyone like my family like i can show this this my to my family and anyone that like you know anyone i want but i just um i don't know this movie also has like a, a, a special place for me just because i it has like this message in it that i never really saw in a, in a movie before that like it kind of deals with like the human condition and and modernism and this idea that no one's really satisfied in the time they're living in and they want to live in a different time. And I definitely feel that way a lot. Like just thinking about like Jake and I have conversations about like Chicago, living in Chicago, how we feel, maybe things were better back then. But if you went back to that time and lived it, like you probably feel the same because that was the present moment. And there's a line in the movie where Owen Wilson is like, Oh, like, No one wants to like live in the present because you know it's this present's unsatisfying because life is unsatisfying which is kind of like a a, uh something that really stuck to me and this character is going back in time to you know paris in the in the 20s and he's like oh i'm finally in the the golden era i'm living in the golden It's, it's all great to him but he starts to realize that the people in the 20s who's like like contemporary was like the 20s like think that like the greatest artistic era is like even before them like the 1890s mm-hmm. and there is a port there's a point in the movie where he goes back to the 1890s with marion cotillard's character because he falls in love with her and when they meet the artist of the 1890s they're thinking oh no the best time mm-hmm. is like the renaissance so it's always like this like cycle that he realizes yep. and that like really like stuck with me and i, I just think it's like a very tight 90 minute movie about kind of like he combines contemporary uh, sorry he combines contemporary era he combines a period piece and fantasy which is something that if you watch his filmography throughout the years he's never really done that before but he's always dabbled in fantasy or a period piece or like a kind of a contemporary romantic comedy and this one he like combines all of them and he just in my opinion absolutely nails it and I, I think it's a masterpiece of of cinema and like it's just like a tight 90 minute movie too and just like i can Mm. put it like whenever i'm feeling down um i just like put it on on and i I just feel so much better and yeah i just wanted to talk about midnight in paris because it's probably my favorite movie of of the 2010s just because I, i i just enjoy watching it so much and a lot of the movies that i would have put on this list like even like django unchained like i can't necessarily like i know every scene from it basically and i can't watch it like all the time but like midnight in paris i can watch like all the time. And I just think that the writing and the way it's shot, like the the, the fantasy elements and like Darius Kanji's cinematography, like of like the present day versus like back in the twenties, how he makes like romantic feel to it. It's, it's a, it, it, I, I, I love this movie. Yeah. And, and Yeah. Nice. That's my thoughts about midnight in Paris. So, yeah. I
0: mean, I love the way you speak about it, you know, and mm-hmm. your kind of viewpoint on the, and, and then everything how you relate to it is I think it's really good. Mm-hmm. Um, I won't I won't I won't give my I don't want to ruin you know your pick because um, I'm not a huge Woody Allen fan, but I do like yeah. how you connect to it so deeply.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, I know you guys never talked about him on the show. Like in to set, like I I would have if I was in the 70s and 80s or in, and 90s more Woody have, Allen. Movies, I would have definitely right? put some. Yeah, I think he has masterpieces, multiple masterpieces in the 70s and 80s. And 90s, mm-hmm. 2000s, he kind of like has a lull, but he comes back with like Midnight in Paris, and I think Midnight in Paris, Blue Jasmine are masterpieces of the the, the 2010s. But I definitely yeah. want to
0: see Blue Jasmine. I'm there for Kate Blanchett's uh, Oscar yeah. winning performance. Go mm-hmm. ahead, Carlos. What are you saying?
2: Oh, I was gonna say yeah. I've seen Midnight in Paris. I saw it, my God, forever ago. I Me think too. I saw it's, that movie it's like minute. like it's like. Well, Eleven years ago or some shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But kinda, kinda like, but I I liked it. I think it's a good movie. Um, I would like to watch it again just so I can have it fresh in my head. Mm-hmm. Um, but I really enjoyed the concept of it. Um, yeah, and they meet. It is a good these, concept. Like, yeah.
3: He meets. They meet all these real artists that like actually yeah. existed, and like it's yeah, so I like, like that fucking, It's so cool. Like I, I just like loved it. Like that he just meets like dolly and Hemingway dolly, and,
2: and, dolly and, and fucking picasso and, and yeah to be he, he,
3: like Hemingway or gerald. something yeah, yeah scott yeah, phil's scott gerald. gerald and it's a no, cool concept yeah yeah it's a really cool like concept and i think he just really nails it and it's my favorite woody allen movie so i've sure. seen all of them now
0: he's every woody yeah. allen film
3: yeah yeah
0: so yeah look man it's your taste you know i know i know a lot of people that watch his movies nowadays but you know, yeah, it's up like your you alley.
3: Said, yeah, controversy aside, um, just looking at the art here, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But,
0: that's fair, yeah. man. Totally good. Well, sick. Mm-hmm. Um, are number one. Uh Blair, you're next.
1: All right. So any anyone who knows me at all probably uh knows what my number one is. It's the lighthouse. Uh Dang. Robert Eggers. So I'm going to be like I'm going to talk a little personally and then get to the why I love the film. Um I probably I'll try not to take too long. Um like this this movie came to me at a time where I was like like literally enjoying like life the most. Like uh, the whole year of 2019 basically was just phenomenal on a personal level and um like I I remember like this movie being announced and just being like unbelievably hyped for it like i've never been more hyped for a movie because i just loved the witch so damn much uh, that's and that's another personal favorite and um you know me and my girlfriend at the time were like super looking forward to the lighthouse and it just very much like lived um up to to its hype like everything i wanted and more i just got out of my experience and just like this movie brings nothing but like amazing memories in my life like even like the context when I first watched it was really interesting because um, I wasn't a part of uh, Carlos's Carlos and Perry's um, um, car review for this movie, because I was in the, in the West coast. I, um, funnily enough, I was visiting uh, Reno at the time. And um, <laughs> it's funny. Cause like I was enjoying Reno. Yeah. But um, mostly all I could think about was like, Oh fuck. The lighthouse is coming out this weekend. <laughs> so um,
0: our I last- relate to that so much. <laughs>
1: yeah, our last day of Reno. Um, when we were leaving, we were just looking at like show times like where the fuck is the lighthouse playing? And it wasn't playing in in um Oregon. So what we did is we uh drove all the way to Sacramento, California to Holy see shit. um to see the lighthouse. Wow. And I was oh my god, it was so fucking awesome! Like we were so tired, but it was just so interesting because I'd never been that is, I've never been to California like ever. So you know, going to a whole different state. To... Oh shit!
0: You good? You good?
1: Uh yeah. Can you hear me? Yeah, yeah. yeah, You're still there. All right. My light just went out, but it. I guess it didn't like completely cut the power. Okay, that. Was... I, I,
2: I, I think the storm is like drifting. Yeah. Oh shit! That's trippy. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. Okay. So I'm um, glad my. Um, internet didn't go out. Anyways, I was just saying it was cold seeing it in another state in weird times. Um, but no, the lighthouse <laughs> in and of itself is a fucking obviously it's it's brilliant, it's super unique. To me, there is nothing quite like it, even though I can see elements of the shiny, I can see elements of like a racer head and stuff like that. But Robert Eggers is like such a met- meticulous, uh crafty filmmaker. Um and obviously, like it's super humorous while being like genuinely like suspenseful. Um, I adore the fucking um, authentic like dialogue. Um, it's it, it, the the dialogue in general is just really like uh, funny and um, and like make almost makes the movie. Like Willem Dafoe gives like the performance of his career, and obviously Robert Pattinson does a phenomenal job. Um, it's like it's not even that old and it's already super iconic with like any like film lover can just mm. quote like the oh you're fond of me lobster and shit like that it's you're fond
0: like, of me lobster
1: there, there's just so many that. um yeah there's just so many like amazing sequences that just stick in your mind so much and um <clears throat> even like the like the weird like um nautical themes is just part of why i love this movie so much like the the fucking mermaid stuff and um even like the sound design like the seagulls the waves crashing um the fucking foghorn of the lighthouse it's it just adds to it's like really um unique uh tone and atmosphere like um i feel like i could go all day of why this movie just is so perfect to me it's it just screams blair core and um yeah i I, I'm I'm curious to hear how much you guys like this movie or potentially hate this movie. <laughs> I don't know.
0: You'd never hate it. Yeah. I love it. That was if you, uh if you hate this movie, something's fucking wrong with you. Yeah, you gotta fucking <laughs> you gotta screw loose, Johnny. Yeah. Uh, no, this was uh like my, my one of my favorite theater experiences ever was seeing this movie just beyond baffled as the movie went on, but just so enjoying it so thoroughly as you said the dialogue and i'm just a sucker for movies that are like deconstructing masculinity in a very absurd way um and power dynamics and stuff like that and like their dynamic it's just so fucking just fun to watch throughout the whole runtime of the movie it just obviously robert Eggers' cinematography is unreal um there's just so much to interpret about this movie it's so rich and Oh, yeah, I agree with everything you said. It's it's just so great. And Willem Dafoe, like probably my favorite, if like top three, maybe favorite actors. That's like his best, maybe his best work as an actor. I would say. Yes, I, I agree.
1: One thousand percent agree. It's like, yep.
0: Holy fuck! <laughs> like, mm. um, yeah. I mean, Felix and Carlos could chime in, but I I
3: agree. I think it's a masterpiece. Uh, and my favorite, Robert Erger's. Uh, yeah. Films thus far, oh, yeah. I'd say, yeah, yeah. I, I think it would probably be my favorite Robert 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 Eggers film as well. And also, just when I saw this movie too, um, it's a very memorable experience because I was staying in uh, where I'm from in Sonoma, California, and we were having a lot of fires, so a lot oh, of fuck. Uh, a lot of the electricity was out. So when we went to go see this movie, we had to drive into another town called uh, Napa. And when we were driving, it was like no lights on the road. It was just smoky oh, like shoot. that. The atmosphere was just crazy going to see this movie and like terrifying seeing this movie during that period, like the lighthouse was just like added a whole new experience to it. like just the the whole atmosphere and the way it's shot, like the intro shot of like the the island and them on like the boat and everything. and mm-hmm. I also like the ending is really cool too when he like goes up to the lighthouse and he's like, oh. and
1: it's
3: like the like distorted. <laughs> Fucking sound and yeah, the editing. It's kind of disturbing,
1: honestly. It is
0: very fucked up. Yeah, yeah. When he's yeah, when he's like masturbating to the figure, um, and like thinking about the mermaid, it's like some of the most effective editing, Mm. um, that year. I remember I was just it's so grotesque and like feels so dirty. Yeah, yeah. The mermaid's so good. Yeah, and you see, yeah, man, yeah, mermaid bus. The mermaid puss. <laughs> yeah.
3: Eggers is like, yeah, he he goes there. I love it. I love him for that. Mm-hmm. So I definitely had a memorable experience seeing that, and then driving back afterwards in the dark, and there was like a house on fire. Like when we were driving back, too. oh my, God. my God. Like, yeah, it's like the end of uh, the witch a little bit there. Yeah, it was. Yeah. It
0: was
2: definitely... yeah, I was gonna say, in terms of Robert Eggers' filmography, personally, The Witch is my favorite. Um. But the lighthouse is obviously like a very, very, extremely close second. Um, Mm. Yeah, I fucking love the lighthouse. I watched it, and like in a double feature with Parasite in theaters. So that's dope. I know I watched Parasite, and then after that was finished, I basically like, like right out of the gate, went out to go see the lighthouse, like right next (laughs) to each other, and um, it was that was that was the best double feature ever i think Yeah, (laughs) pretty Um,
0: undeniable
2: yeah um yeah i love the film like pretty much everything y'all said is i mean i agree with it uh psychologically speaking it's just such a fucking powerhouse uh robert eggers is just such an incredible director i mean he's 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 new you know he's only made like three feature films but yet like he's just like really showcasing like showcasing himself as being a guy that we can look forward to for the rest of our lives basically (laughs) um so yeah i i I mean i i love the lighthouse that's that that's all there is to it i love it to death
3: yeah 2019 2019 is like such a great year unreal year yeah Yeah. it's
1: crazy how good the year was
3: it's just a year of our
0: tours you know because like yeah not making super big movies per se, but just like very tour driven works. And it was like really inspiring, honestly. Um, yeah. Yeah. Avengers yeah, I, Endgame. Yeah,
1: really. of course.
3: yeah. <laughs> Avengers Endgame.
1: Yeah. X-Men Dark Phoenix, like the, come yeah. on. I saw come.
3: that. I saw that. I remember. I did
1: too. It was horrible. It was like the rise of, uh, <laughs>
0: rise of Skywalker to close out the year. Mm. Uh. <laughs>
3: yeah, that came out too.
0: Yeah. I, 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 i'm sure you guys will agree but like nosferatu i cannot fucking wait for his yes uh, oh yeah, it's be great. Movie. yeah god yeah his, everything he makes is just gets more and more exciting as time goes on love yeah. to see it
1: the lighthouse wow. is literally like in my top three favorite movies of all time it's so special to me i, wow. I literally love it that much yeah
0: love that yeah hell yeah carlos
2: Yes, You're my, turn. my friend. Yes, sir. All right. So my number one is a film that was basically really it's basically tied with the ghost story. Um, The only reason why I put this one at number one is because I feel like this one is. Not nearly as personal as a ghost story, Um, but like this one I feel like has like objective qualities to it that is just like undeniable on top of the fact that I also just personally love it to death um and the film I'm talking about is Moonlight from Barry Jenkins um this yeah. to me I feel like there is a valid and fair argument to be made that this is like in the top 20 to 25 greatest films ever made um and I understand it's very early on to decide that because a lot of what decides how great a film and just art in general is is time itself um but Moonlight is just such an important and emotional piece of filmmaking and so powerful and stylistic. Um, Barry Jenkins just, he, he really like brings his voice into this film in a way that isn't like flashy or over stylized, but you can tell that there is somebody's fingerprints all over this and It just manages to be something that is so compelling and, again, just so powerful in ways that, again, I think is very important. I mean, this film is ultimately about identity and just how your environment can completely rob you of your identity, um, because it just forces you and molds you into something that you have to be in order to survive, um, and, um, this film, I feel like demonstrates that perfectly, um, you know, and funny enough, I mentioned the, the, uh, neon demon earlier, where I had a full, like a full film analysis where I discuss every single scene of the film. I actually did the same thing with the moonlight. I have a video on YouTube, uh, on my channel that is literally me dissecting every single scene in this movie from start to finish um and it's it's a film that obviously just from that statement i obviously got so much out of like every single scene of this movie um has something compelling and important and emotional to say um and it's just the score to this film too from um um god damn it what's his name i got you I got uh, you in
0: the fact check.
2: I say his name like every day, but for some reason I can't say it right now. Uh he also did it for Beale Street and did it for uh succession. Nicholas,
0: Nicholas Bertel.
2: Bertel, yeah. Um, his score for this film is fucking brutally emotional, just so fucking great. Um, beautiful, beautiful score. Uh, that accompanies such beautiful and devastating visuals. Um yeah, uh I guess I'll really stop there, but this is a film that I love to death and again I think is one of the objectively greatest films ever made. And I will forever love the fact that uh Moonlight uh won best picture
1: <laughs> and sub
2: and and sub and subverted everybody's expectation overtaking La La Land. Not that blah La, La bad. Land.
1: <laughs> Hey, La La Land's a good
2: movie. It is, I'm kidding, I'm joking. I like La La Land. <laughs> I was going to say, I'm not like in love with La La Land, but it is a pretty damn good movie. Um, but mm-hmm. Moonlight to me is just, I don't know. I'm so glad that it won because to me, it's so much more important. And it is it is to me like a a, a much better film. Um, so, yeah, that's all I'll say for now. I've only cl- seen Moonlight once. Pick. Really?
1: Yeah, that one time in theaters I saw it with Carlos. I've only seen it once.
0: I, I've gone back to Moonlight like five or six times. Me too. Um, I've actually wow. wrote a paper on it in school. That's a, another reason why I watched it so many times. But I'll never forget, like, the second time I s- went back to the theater to see Moonlight, I like I went to the, the Art Collect in Chicago, which is a very trafficked theater. And just like when it ended, like everyone in the audience like sat there for yep. like the entire credits, just processing what they just saw. Um Cause like it's just such an emotional, just gut punch in a way. And it's all done in a very stylistic and like elegant fashion. But it's just, it's just, it's the power of cinema, right there, is what I always use that as an example. Because like, it's not like it's very just. It's just subtle filmmaking is the best way to say it. Like, uh, that, to sum up, Barry Jenkins' style is pretty tough because like he's such a visual and. of sensory filmmaker um and i agree i'm glad it won best picture too um because i always would pick the more artful impactful film over the populist film um and you know i'd agree with what you said about being objectively one of the greatest films of the you know the century if not of all time too it's uh it's a fantastic piece of filmmaking
3: yeah, oh, yeah. I, thank you. I've only I've only seen it once in theaters as well, but it was definitely impactful and, and memorable. And I remember I I, I sat with like, my stepdad and my brother, and like the part where like he's getting like beat up, you know, like his friend is like beating yeah. him up. Like I remember my brother like fucking like flinching in the chair oh, because of that shit. Because it's <laughs> so like he was so like invested and you dude, definitely yeah. like feel that. Like that that scene is brutal.
2: Yeah, that scene fucking hurts, dude. The yeah.
0: camera was like spinning around as he's yeah. like getting infiltrated mm-hmm. by all the bullies like it's like camera choices like that like the opening shot too with Mahershala Ali like this kind of like this it's kind of like spinning mm-hmm. around that like there's just ah there's just a camera language man I just love that stuff and that movie has yeah. so many interesting cinematography choices, choices. like that yeah yeah,
3: yeah it's, it's I think it's too heartbreaking to watch again I think it, it yeah. was very I've seen it a lot yeah <laughs> me too it, it's like really sad and,
2: and it fucking i've seen it a lot and it it, it takes a piece of me every single time, every time <laughs> yeah.
3: yeah like talk about getting put into like be born being born to like a position like that mm-hmm. it's just like yeah. there's no options at all like and, yeah. like just shitty situation at home like the mm-hmm. mom and stuff and yeah the, Harris. Yeah. his mentor is the guy who's fucking up yeah, lives, like his mom and like yeah, whole shit. Yeah. There's
2: like there, there, there's such a complexity to who you are as a person, and you can't mm. explore any of that. Basically,
3: mm. um, yeah. And the structure, I love the structure though. The, the yeah, three.
1: Yeah, I like the structure lives. a lot too. Yeah,
3: yeah. absolutely. I love the, good good structure
0: like that. The third act, like in the diner, especially that's like one of my favorite scenes. Like it was very oh, long, yeah. but that elongated. Scene is because it's like that whole concept of you know running into someone that had such a major impact in your life and like yeah. that it's so unsaid and it's so subtle but like god damn, yeah man. and like right.
2: and like what that meant to him didn't mean nearly as much as it meant to the other person I know
0: fuck I'm crying just thinking about this god
2: yeah
0: damn. <laughs> and like yeah, the dude. final
2: exchange when he's oh
0: the final yeah. exchange man and the
2: ending oh my god dude yeah. again emotional gut punch dude you can well, make the well,
0: argument another, one of the greatest final shots when he's like on the beach. and Fucking A, man.
2: <laughs> it's absolutely beautiful. And again, <laughs> it, it, it is it is quite sensory too. Like the use of sound and the beach waves and stuff is like vital to like what this film is trying to convey, not only emotionally, but like thematically as well.
0: Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Uh, we... uh... <laughs> I thought you were saying something, Felix. I was waiting <laughs> for you. Sorry. Um, do you guys do you like Beale Street, if Beale Street I love Bill Street dude I like I that movie I, yeah. I think it's really fucking good not a lot of people talk about it these days
2: but it's super underrated like I thought after Moonlight won this picture that Beale Street would have a lot more eyes on it and people would talk about it but when it came out it just like immediately flew under the radar I was really disappointed because I thought yeah. it was a brilliant film
0: it's yeah. gorgeous like Nicholas Bertal dude
2: Nick oh, Bertel's
0: score is like, yep. From that and like Succession, he's like one of my favorite modern composers. Period. Just yep, such complexity in everything he does. But yeah, I yeah. Come back, Barry Jenkins is what. A...
3: <laughs>
0: part of, part of the reason why I watched that show when it first came out, uh, like season two, I was like, oh, Nick Bertel did the music. I'm in.
1: Like immediately.
0: Yeah. Um, I
1: I adore the score for fucking Succession. I listen to it all the time. Yeah. I do <laughs> as
0: well, my friend. No um, no skip
3: on the credits. Yes, I agree. <laughs> I agree.
0: Never, never, fucking never. Never once. You know, if we were doing like 2020s, let's just say Succession's the best of the 2010s in general. Yeah, basically, I'm <laughs> with <it>. you. <laughs> just say fuck it, and the yeah.
1: the finale literally lives rent free in my head. The entire yeah. episode. Yeah,
0: yeah. yeah. I re- I rewatched the finale a few times after it came out, and it was so oh, damn. God. Yeah,
4: <laughs>
3: I just didn't want to leave the show either. Too, I was just like, oh, man. I feel that. I relate. <laughs> yeah, I definitely missed them afterwards. Like. I- I watched the whole scene and I I watched the whole show in like one, like from when the last season was ending. So like when it was done, it was like, oh, I'm not going to, there's not going to be another season coming out. Yeah. So I just like kind of missed it for a bit. Yeah. Yes. Sure.
0: I miss it too. I miss I miss Rome and Shiv and all of them just.
3: I miss Tom.
0: Rogen <laughs> Roy.
2: Greg. <laughs> Greg. Yeah.
0: Greg the Greg, egg, baby. Greg the egg. <laughs> <laughs> You know the 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 episode of the election when he's the lemon the lemon uh soda or whatever, <laughs> fucking funniest shit ever.
1: It's so funny. It's lemon, Craig. <laughs> oh, fuck. It's fucking lemon, Lacroix. Like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's
0: it he's like, it's subtle. It's subtle. I swear. <laughs> oh, genius, genius. All right, I'll close this off. Because we've been going a while. Uh, we mentioned this film before, but my number one favorite movie of the 2010s decade was Good Time by the Seth. Hey, brothers. So it makes the list. Um, I don't know. Felix Felix said everything pretty great. This this movie's dirty. This movie's <laughs> just thrilling on every level. Um, you know, you know, I rewatched this movie actually in preparation for the pod a few weeks ago. And like before, uncut jet Ge- or after Un- uncut gems, you realize how stripped down this movie actually is. Like it feels so much smaller than I remember. Um, aside from like Robert Pattinson, um, and just to propel that much just energy and and anxiety into this movie on that budget on that budget is just so inspiring. Because like seeing this movie back in twenty seventeen, um. You know, I'll echo what Carlos, all of you guys have said, like, this is this movie like changed how my kind of style and like how I wanted to make films because like it was utilizing so much with a little but injecting so much just creativity in every shot and um, just ath- authenticity between the actors and like the non actors that they use, which I love how they do that um, feels very New York um, in, in every yeah. aspect. Um And as as you guys mentioned before, like the reason I like this movie over Uncut Gems is just how emotional um, the relationship between brothers is in this movie. It's kind of like I always compared it to like a modern day retelling of of mice and men, which I know they were going for that very Mm. um, toxic relationship between brothers that you could, you know, you've all felt sometimes with your siblings and like injecting that into like a very riveting crime story saga. Um, and I love the safties how they're approached. They were like, we never want to use guns in this movie. We want it all to be with like action and dialogue and, and just the situations at hand. And the way it escalates is just beyond masterful, in my opinion. And also, I really just I'm a sucker for movies that capture the Zeitgeist. Um, you know, we were, that movie came out in a very politically unrestful time, and people were very angry and very just kind of dissatisfied with the world. And I feel like good time kind of captured that energy. Um, And yeah, like kind of like, I don't know, like a Sidney Lumet film or like other films from the seventies. Like, I feel like this movie just captured the time and how everyone's very capitalist minded and kind of disregard for human life was, was kind of a very weird point in, in our country and stuff. So, um yeah i just for all those reasons like i think that is uh one of the most just memorable films of the decade and my personal uh my personal favorite so that
3: that's that's it yeah uh, like fucking safety brothers like where the fuck are they dude like, they, <laughs> c- cinema needs them like for real cinema does they're, they're
1: an oppenheimer <laughs> <laughs> yeah i was gonna say that
2: actually
3: They're <laughs> <Yeah, laughs> one of them is the, like they need to come back like they I don't know where they are. Well, going they're making that.
2: a. They're making like a, I know that Josh Safty's is making a series with Adam Sandler. I think yeah. on
0: HBO. And Benny's mm. doing is it the a thing series?
2: Where, I thought it was a series. I, I thought it was a wrong.
0: film that they're yeah, doing. I thought it was with, a film. Like sports oh, okay. memorabilia, but Benny's doing that show with Nathan Fielder. Nathan like, Fielder. I'm a, yep.
1: Yeah. I'm but so they, excited.
0: They, I'm very excited for that. They might be separating for a little bit, kind of like how what the Coen Brothers are doing right now, but. I'm Damn, still but, excited like, for to see them what they do. Um I know what you're saying, but at the very least, they did deliver two masterpiece films within two years. So I'm like yeah. we'll see what happens, but I agree. I'd love them to come back, you know?
3: Yeah, like for real. They came out with like two I mean, obviously, they, they probably can't relive that past uh those past movies, but like Yeah, I doubt it. Know, they cinema needs them, you know. I agree. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I definitely agree with that.
2: Yeah, I love the Safdies, dude. They, I just Me love their too. filmmaking style, man. They're so fucking great. Mm-hmm. They're awesome.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. They are the shit. Yeah, <laughs> I agree. Um, All right, that's it. Now we got to rank these. We got to rank these 20 films. You guys know the drill. Uh, I don't know if Felix knows, but we're going to go through each film, but one by one, and we're going to kind of make a vote if it should make the top 10 or not. Um, And we kind of just deliberate and, you know, maybe a little arguments will unfold with that, but uh let's, we'll just do it. We'll just go by one by one. We'll try to keep it a little speedy because I know we're we're short on time here. But oh actually uh honorable mentions I forgot about that. Uh, we'll keep it brief. Does anyone have like something they really want to mention that hasn't been mentioned yet that could we was mentioned Parasite obviously. But um, make... the...
1: sorry.
3: Oh so, yeah, the place beyond the pines from
1: yes.
2: Thank you, love yeah. that film to death.
3: I like that film a lot. I, I'll write it down.
0: I yeah, I mean like um, the Social Network. Should I write down? Yes, story, I fucking no
1: one adore the Social Network.
0: That was um, close to
3: making my list. The Social yeah. Network. Uh, um,
1: the-
2: oh, go ahead. Sorry.
3: The Raid One, as yes, was based. Also, it's also yeah. on there too. I have just like a list of. I'm just gonna like shoot them out and then uh, go I ahead. I just yeah. say them. So I have. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I'll write them down if they. Nymphomaniac one. I haven't um, seen the raid nice. one. Drive angry. Uh, <laughs> You're wild. Uh, Drive. Uh Grand Budapest Hotel and the Lobster. Oh, those are good. Yeah, those were like those no are the West Standard. standard.
0: Grand yeah. Budapest is based. I, I like that. Yeah. Blair, do you have any?
1: Yeah, I'll just go my, through mine really quick, too. It's not a super long list. Um, Killing of a Sacred Deer, Parasite, uh, Midsommar, Tree of Life, which I'm so surprised Carlson didn't put in his list, but that's fine. Yeah, I um, That's a good in- one. Insondi, Burning, and The Master.
0: <sighs> oh. oh, The Master. Fuck.
1: Oh, fuck. That was so close to making my <laughs> list. It's so fucking close.
0: I almost had Phantom Thread on mine as well i was a big fan of that movie, Carlos. Yeah. Do you have any? I
2: don't think I have any, like off the top of my head. But hold on, I got you.
0: <laughs> I could read mine real quick. I had The Witch, I had The Social the Witch, Network, yes. uh, I had um, Moonlight. You already mentioned. I had The Wind Rises by Hayao Miyazaki, which I adore. That film. Oh. Nice. So, um, Social Network. I had Patterson by Jim Jarmusch, which is, that's just a personal favorite. Um, that's pretty much it. I mean. I will say Spring Breakers just to piss Carlos off, but I. Great
1: film. I do genu-
0: <laughs> I genuinely love that fucking. I do
1: movie. love that movie too. I don't
0: at want least- to be chaotic and say it's best of the decade, but it's pretty fucking uh, based, if you
3: ask me. Yes. Yeah. So Spring also, Bre- I want to say Ida from 2014, the Paula Oasis. I really, I really I want to really see that. Watch that. Yeah. I, love yeah, Paula, that one, I love Cold War, so I want to see
2: that.
3: Yeah. I'm just looking at my notes. I have some other ones, but. Okay. Like, yeah, Go ahead, Carlos.
2: All right. Uh, well, personally, I mean, I know that y'all put the master above Phantom Thread, but I would put Phantom Thread above the master.
0: I would. I agree with you. Yeah, I don't. Um,
2: no. <laughs> um, Damn. <laughs> I'm kidding. Um, the Hunt. Oh, yes. Oh. That is an amazing film. Um, oh. I mean, oh my I mean, God. I know. I mean, Birdman. <laughs> It's really fucking amazing. Oh, too. Yeah, I
0: love
1: Birdman. Holy oh, fuck. I Birdman.
0: Man. Uh, I'll, write it, I'll write it down. The Revenant, <laughs>
3: dude.
1: <No>. Yes. <laughs> yes. Fucking Whiplash, dude. That has to be an honorable mention. Yeah,
3: Whiplash is good, dude.
1: Incredible. King, the, um...
3: the Kingsman of Secret Service, the first one. <laughs> first
0: reformed.
3: I yes. First reformed.
2: Uh, yeah. Mo- um, mommy.
0: Yeah, yeah. You oh, did yeah, mention yeah. that.
2: I forgot. Shit. Mommies, that that almost made my list. Um, what about gonna... Silent
0: Silence by Martin Scorsese? Yeah,
2: yeah, that was gonna be something I was gonna oh, Wolf up. of
3: Wall Street, right?
2: That
0: one's fucking amazing. That one I had that, that in mind, I just know it's a hot
1: I, button. I really like the Wolf of Wall Street. Yeah, I love it.
0: I'll yeah. write it down. Fuck it. Silence is better, though. I agree. I, I, I like said. the Wolf of
1: Wall Street a little more, a little bit more. Oh, what the fuck? <laughs>
0: <laughs> one, <laughs> I, I love time. both i daniel blake what about that i love yes. i daniel I've blake holy fuck i haven't seen it uh um, women certain women's another one you were what? never really
1: here oh fuck, i thought dude. that was gonna make your list i, I haven't seen it that. i haven't seen yeah. it yeah that's
0: an amazing fucking movie dude i know dude uh, I, have to bring, uh, I have to bring ahead, up her as well oh her's great too
1: her is amazing uh son well, like, of saul Yes, need,
0: need to see that masterpiece. Yeah, that
2: masterpiece.
0: Shame by uh uh C McQueen, I I quite like a lot. I don't know if yeah. you guys have seen. I haven't I've seen it. it. I want to. I thought, I great. saw the devil. Oh. Great film. Um, what's about time in Hollywood? I wrote that down because that was one of mine. Okay. Um, At the house that Jack built.
4: Oh <laughs> shit yeah.
1: <laughs> great. Yeah, movie. that
3: that's a great movie. That's a great oh, fucking yeah. movie. If I know the no, top ten, I'd be like, hell yeah, that's like. <laughs> we already. Uh,
1: yeah, that's a lot. <laughs> how,
3: how do y'all feel about um,
2: uh, the uh, Nightingale? I'm a big fan of
0: that movie. I know it's a little mixed, but like, I think I love it's it. I think it's pretty brilliant. I'm Same.
2: mixed
1: on it. It's very upsetting. You gotta watch
2: that film again, Blair. You watched it yeah. like what, one time.
1: It's. It, Oh my god. It was weird. I, I expected to love it a lot more. So yeah, I gotta watch it again.
0: I know you guys haven't seen it, but one of my favorite films of all time is American Honey by Andrea Arnold. Mm. Um I think is an incredible, incredible movie.
3: Oh, Honey Boy is also really good.
0: Honey Boy is good. Yeah, it's that a good one. Fucked, Holy Motors.
3: fuck!
1: Oh Holy Motors is great. Oh, last film I'll mention, a movie I really love, Leviathan. <laughs>
0: Oh, I, I still need to see that <laughs> oh, shit
1: that's amazing in my opinion
2: uh, the kid with the bike
0: oh the Dardennes
3: shit yeah did you guys ever see Two Days of One Night nope no. no that's a brilliant movie um one more I want to cool. mention which is a personal favorite like that one of my favorites for sure is The Gentleman by Guy Ritchie <laughs> oh, no. yeah that's a good I, one I, love I that like movie. that one I've seen that movie yeah. like a lot So it's a great movie I like yeah. it a lot also, Interstellar. Yes, yeah, wait, we didn't
0: even say Interstellar yet.
2: Yeah, Interstellar. It's, let's fucking go. I, would,
0: I wouldn't. I wouldn't be mad if that made the. I don't think it will, but I wouldn't be mad if it made the, the list.
2: <laughs> I also, fan. want to shout out uh, Thunder Road from Jim Cummings.
0: Oh yeah, oh, yeah, Cum- yeah. That's a, uh,
2: based on a probably, short dude. film.
0: It's based on a short, but it's, it's based on a uh,
2: short film. Yeah, yeah. He, he he made a full length, which is fucking Damn. fantastic. Um. And The Wolf House.
0: Never heard of that.
3: No, that, what? Was a, that you haven't was heard the of horror. The Wolf House? That's What's a horror Wolf? movie, right? With the Yeah. I, I've seen the cover on Tubi. It's on my list, but I haven't seen it. It's yeah, a great it's, film. Amazing
2: it's, it's probably the most unsettling and most brilliantly crafted stop motion animation. Oh, I seen.
0: know. Yeah. I know what this is. Yeah. Shit. i got to watch that. that. <laughs> I, I definitely... think
2: that's Oh, what about Roma? roma's mm. great
0: roma's great i I struggle because i prefer the other corones just so much but that's just a personal thing
2: blade runner 2049
0: yeah uh...
3: under the silver lake dude under the silver <laughs> lake
1: so good yeah oh fuck it i'll shout it out Lady Bird too fucking love ladybird oh, oh um
3: ladybird's um, a
0: fucking great
2: hereditary dude
1: oh yeah i love her right
0: Rye was would be upset if we didn't mention. Her- it. is really good. Yeah. really I'm good. Honestly, I suppose probably... you didn't have
3: it, Felix. No, it's I... two on the nose for me. I think
0: mm. it's a good pick, though. I wouldn't be. Mm. Uh...
3: <laughs> no, it's a good movie. Like I don't. Know I don't
0: I'm think honest. it's. I don't think it should make the top ten personally. But uh,
2: I would. I would sacrifice me... one of my films for for that for for Ari Aster, bro.
0: I wouldn't be
1: opposed to it. Yeah.
3: You can Yeah, you. You're definitely. You you could do it. Yeah, Ari Aster, Safdie, and Robert Eggers deserve to be on the list, right? Oh yeah,
4: yeah,
0: yeah. I'm not going to vote that for the top ten, but you you could (laughs) could do it. I love Hereditary, but
2: Hereditary is honestly, I think, like the best modern horror film we've had like a a very long time. Why didn't Why
0: didn't any of you guys bring it up in the top five? Because
3: there was two like. I prefer I'm Midsummer.
2: Yeah, yeah, I th- I just thought it'd be obvious, so I didn't yeah, do it's it. It's too
3: obvious. Yeah, exactly. I yeah. wanted to
2: sh- I wanted to talk about movies that uh, maybe like wouldn't I, you talked about. I just hereditary like is the
3: scariest movie of the twenty tens, maybe. <laughs> yeah. You could take out Neon Demon for
0: Hereditary. Is that what you say?
2: I'd do it. Fuck it.
0: All right.
1: I love Midsummer more, but I do love hereditary as well.
0: Midsummer's great. I wish I, I could argue. Bo's, Bo's afraid is my favorite of all of them. I would argue that, but it's yeah. But it's not. 20, 20, I know. 20,
2: I, know. I know. Sorry, dude. I love that. Bo, Bo's afraid is my favorite e. there as well. It, it is. Yeah.
1: Oh, yeah. mine's Midsummer. Yeah. Her- Hereditary.
2: Sorry,
0: we all got different R.E.S. there. Cool. Yeah. You guys, say you seen Blue is the what? warmest color?
1: I love no. that movie. I, I figured movie nobody would. Lot. I figured nobody here would be like, oh yeah, that one. No,
0: I would be on board. Inception, guys? Would nah. yes. no, 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 no. I've never Inception's
1: seen it. Inception's great. I've never seen it. Inception's great, wow. but I don't
0: want to go on the... If we're going Nolan, I'd go Interstellar.
1: Yes. Or I, I would go Inception. I haven't even seen it. Oh, fuck you.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, fuck off.
1: Interstellar's
3: great, yeah. You
0: guys like the Florida Project?
3: I love oh, it. Oh, hell Tangerine. yeah. I haven't seen it. I haven't seen
0: it. I feel like Sean Baker is another like great uh, you know, modern director that we could shout out. Oh, Ford uh, versus
3: Ferrari?
2: No, man, God no. damn it!
0: <laughs> I'm a Not huge, even as a joke. I'm a huge <laughs> fan of Gone Girl by David Fincher. Actually, Gone Girl is phenomenal. Yeah,
1: Gone Girl. All
3: right, I'm girl, done. Dragon tattoo. I love the girl and oh, Tattoo. Oh, one last, oh, last
1: man. one. The Irishman.
3: Yes, okay. we. I, yeah, Scorsese, dude. I got to go Wolf of Wall Street over that though, but. I would say Irishman,
0: then Wolf of Wall Street, then Silence for the he best lost. of the 2010s.
3: But
2: for me, it's Silence, Irishman, and then Wolf of Wall Street.
3: For me, but it's Irishman,
1: Wolf of Wall Street, then Silence.
3: I, I think <laughs> and Hugo is up there too. Yeah, dude. I haven't seen Hugo in a while, but Hugo goes hard. I've never
4: Hugo... seen it. All right.
0: That's good. Well, I think, all right, let's table those for now. Yeah. Um, okay. We'll go through uh, our top fives. <laughs> Um, Felix. Okay. Since you started, number five,
3: Mandy. Mm. Oh, yes, on that one.
2: I do love Mandy to death, but it's hard for me to put that above a lot of the shit we just listed. <laughs> I'm with yeah.
0: Carlos. Yeah, I am too. And uh, I'm not even. Uh, never mind. We'll be <laughs> He's not a fan. Yeah, I'm not a fan right. of Mandy, but uh. Oh really? Yeah. <laughs> I, I I no, I'm not like as much as you guys. I think it's good. It's just oh, okay. Got I struggled you. with it pretty hard, but. Uh, block at ninety nine. I would, sadly, I would say no, even though I love it. I'd say no. Fortunately, I'd say no. Sorry, dude. Good time automatically makes it because of my list. Um, Django Unchained.
2: Oh man, I'd probably say yes personally, but I might. I'm probably gonna be alone on that.
0: Felix would. We'll go with yeah, you. Yeah, uh, I would say no, and I'm sure Blair would say no too because of <laughs> yeah. everything before.
1: But it's, I'll, it's I'll probably put it in, no.
0: I'll put an asterisk by that. Midnight in Paris makes it automatically. Um, oh, shit. Really? Your number yeah, ones make it automatically. That's oh yeah. sorry Oops. guys. You chaos free. Okay.
4: <laughs> um
0: oh, yes. all right, Blair's. I That's all right, man. You know, it's your uh, it's your list. Um Blair's list, we got climax at number five. Ooh, yeah. Oh yeah, I, I would.
3: i probably say yeah. I would vote yeah. a fat,
0: fat yes for that. Yeah, Let's go. Yes. <laughs>
3: climax goes so hard, dude. Climax,
0: yeah. climax is so great. Uh, Suspiria 2018. No, I'm I don't expect
1: yes. it. I don't expect okay. it to make it.
0: Nah, that's, that's a nah. That's okay. Uh, a separation. I haven't seen. Yeah, I'd say it's yes. Hard. Hard yes. Oh, it's
1: so good though. I but I I it. understand. Oh,
0: fuck, okay. we're those assholes that leave it off because so we didn't see it, but I'll asterisk it because
2: well, yeah, so let the, the record be shown. I gave it a fat yes.
0: No, I I I'm sure it's amazing. It looks right in my alley. I just gotta fucking watch it. Uh the handmaiden. Yeah, I gotta
3: see it. Oh, that's a yes. Ooh. That's a
0: definitely. I know Felix, what would you say in the handmaiden? Because
3: I'm a fat yes too. I wouldn't put it Ooh. in my top ten. I wouldn't put it in my top. You two. wouldn't do it. No. Oh, well,
2: fuck, I I, I say yes.
3: I do too. It's,
2: it's on my
1: ast- it's on my list, so I say yes. But it's,
2: it's three yeses. That's
1: right. pretty good. That's it, like that's
2: a,
0: good odds. There. That's like an, a big ass asterisk. It's right? a good movie. It's yeah. a good movie. All right. Um, I'll go my next. Uh, Melancholia by Lars von Trier. Yes.
1: I want to yeah. say yes, but against the competition, probably it's a I lot like... of
0: competition. Same. That's fair. That's fair. Uh, certified copy.
1: Yes. Uh
0: Carlos Yuval. Damn, people. that's oh.
1: a fat yes for me. No, that's a this no
0: is, for
2: me. There's so many movies, though. Like, it's hard. Damn.
0: Can I asterisk it, maybe?
2: Yes, asterisk it. Yes.
0: Portrait yes. of a Lady on Fire. Yes. 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 <laughs> Felix, uh... I, I, I
3: would say no. <laughs> Fair.
0: Alright, strong asterisk, though. I think that's gonna make it, sorry to say. Right, yeah. Um, I don't think Inside Loon Davis is gonna make it, but, uh,
2: yeah that unfortunately
0: not. that's all right yeah that's a personal pick all right moonlight makes it for carlos but going down hereditary yes no yes blair help me out
1: um i don't know <laughs> i'm undecided on that one with the you competition guys, it's like, what a, what about what? the
2: neon demon
1: I, I would. Uh, I'd rather hereditary. I do love the neon. But
2: though. what about
1: like, what other horror
0: movies from the decade? Like, uh, like yeah, the like, witch.
2: Well, we can't put the witch because the lighthouse is gonna make it already.
1: Yeah, I guess so. Well,
0: that
3: we I,
1: can't mean,
2: do I
3: don't. I the don't know. <laughs> I mean, hard. Yes, hard I theory. would. Thank I you, would yes, do the, the witch. Theory. I don't give a you shit. You know what? I'm gonna you know, say it if
2: if we have two Bob Egg but no like Ari Aster, it's kind of like what the fuck? No, yeah, you're, right, you're right,
0: you're right, you're right, you're right. Um fucking A man. Strong asterisks.
1: Ari, I, I say yes on hereditary fuck it.
2: Oh hell yeah.
0: Hell yeah. Hell hell yeah. Well I like, do you
1: love that movie.
0: Under the skin? I had it yes. on my list, so it I, was, was on,
1: originally on my list. Yeah. Yeah, that was on I three mean, people's
0: list. That's an again. obvious pick. Yeah. That's an obvious
2: one. I'm wearing the shirt too.
0: <laughs> yeah yeah that's a that's a given right uh ghost
3: story
2: yes yeah
0: i'm, ghost undec- I'm fucking
2: undecided
0: yeah. i love it
3: so much but, but i say yes to ghost Story. i fuck with
0: it i'm in between a ghost story and the handmaiden right now it's like which one would i rather see on there oh ghost story ghost story
3: yes
1: god felix <laughs> blair, well, blair
0: blair what would you say about the i'll be
1: the asshole i'll say it. oh wait for yeah, ghost, story,
0: ghost story? story i'm sorry yeah ghost, oh, story. A ghost story
1: i'll be the asshole and say no oh my god <laughs>
0: <It's> <laughs> Wait, okay, I we're sk- okay i skipped arrival my bad
3: oh yes dude come on i would say yes personally uh yes i say yes to so arrival dennis going away They.
0: yeah <laughs> so carlos every one of his movies gets on there if that's the case Whoa. we gotta leave a little a little Have we got through here. everyone yeah, that Carlos is last. Oh, okay. Um, hold on. One, two, three. We got seven for sure. For sure's right now.
2: I mean, right I'll. I, I can let go of a ghost story, I guess, if it means that.
0: I.
1: I'd rather. Room. I'd rather a ghost story over a rival, personally.
0: You know what? I, I agree with that, personally, but.
1: Because I do ghost. love a ghost story. Arrival, I would I just say a ghost story two. over a
0: rival, yeah. los dos.
1: <laughs> <laughs> That's tough. Los dos, man. A rival and a
2: ghost story. Let's go.
1: What a story, Mark. What a story, Mark.
0: <laughs> um, fuck, dude. I don't know.
3: I'm joking. I would pick a rival over ghost story, I think. Now I'm thinking about it. I'm just,
0: they're, like, so even in my head. But I like ghost stories. Just would be cooler to be on that list, you know? Um. Uh,
2: Oh man, I have
0: the Kino Lords. <laughs> Can I go back through all the asterisks real quick? Yes. Yeah. because um, I mean, we have a lot, that's what I'm saying. Um, mm. uh, Django Unchained. I think we got to cancel that one, Felix. I'm sorry, okay, it's all good. We got Maybe two notes, two no's. Yeah, I like it a lot. No, no shade, the yeah. handmaiden
2: i say yes
3: yes
0: I, I also say yes
3: yeah i'll, I'll say yes to the handmaiden
0: there you go there <laughs> we go <laughs> uh
3: uh portrait of a lady on fire
4: yeah yeah
3: yeah like i i don't fuck with it but sure let's, we can just put it on the list <laughs> uh a certified copy
2: I just don't think so. I love that yeah, fucking no. movie to death, All but right, that's fine. fine. Yeah, that's, that's fine. fine. That's fine. That's
3: fine. Uh, I like certified copy way more than Portillo on fire though. That's, that's, right. that's fair. That's fair. I get that. I would Let's rather see. have certified copy than the hand. I fuck with copy. that. I fuck with I I that a lot. And, yeah. No more than uh. Yeah. We got two more slots that we got
0: to do. Um. Seems like they might be coming from Carlos's list because Ghost Story, Arrival, and Hereditary. We got to pick which two of those are gonna make it, unless we pick one from the honorable mention list. Wait, what? What were the 3 of your top four? Wait, what three? about
1: Parasite?
2: Shouldn't Parasite just be? there I mean, automatically?
0: that's what I'm...
1: <laughs> i I su- said, yeah, that's a hard yes for me too.
0: I know, I know, Felix doesn't fuck with Parasite as heavy really? as us, oh, but dang. I, I, I agree with you guys. Um, I mean, I-, I don't, I
2: don't give Parasite a ten. I give that a nine.
0: So, yeah, I mean, I get that for sure. Um, but you saying it should be in the list automatically?
2: It's only it's only because of, like, objectivity. That's the only reason why. But, like, personally, no, I wouldn't put it on there. But it's just, like, <laughs> if I'm trying to be, like, if I'm trying to make a fair top ten that represents the best of the decade, then I just feel like, I don't know. It feels wrong to not have Parasite on there. That it's is
0: like, interesting. Yeah, interesting. What about... A- Social network is also an objective pick, I think too. I don't know if you guys agree, but I I I agree personally. Yeah, social network is great. I, I mean, I think it's a masterpiece. It's It's
2: not. It's not nearly as objective as Parasite, though. I
0: I was just bringing up another honorable mention, like not to pin them against each other, but those are the two from the honorable mentions. I'd say like maybe they should be on there, but
3: yeah, you can put Parasite on the list if you want. Like
0: okay. I mean, yeah. if you're cool with that too, Carlos, I, I I think it should be
3: on the list.
2: Yep. All right, fuck it. That means you. All you have don't, to ha- you play don't play have to. It. You know.
3: You don't I have wouldn't to. I would not put on the list, but I, I, we can put on the list. Sounds like you guys. Fuck I was,
2: well, yeah. We should do it. It deserves to be on the top ten. It was. It's the first fucking. It's the first foreign film to win Best Picture at the Oscars, dude.
0: Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I, it's just. It's just kind of a good pick for the list itself. Um, yeah. So from Carlos's final three. We got to pick either a ghost story, a rival, or Hereditary.
2: Oh my god,
3: that's a tough one, man. That's fucked. Hereditary. <laughs> Ari Aster, baby. We got s- everyone just say their pick right now. Like we got to get it all. We got to get Ari Aster. Now. I can't. I, I literally can't pick.
2: I would
0: say. I would say a ghost story.
1: I would say Hereditary personally. Yeah. Right. I, if I'm
2: going personal, I'd say ghost story.
1: Oh shit, it's a tie, right? That's a tie right
3: there. So oh, we give shit. it to a rival.
1: Wow.
3: <laughs> no, you can give it, we can give it a ghost story. We can give it a ghost story. Oh, I'm, I'm cool with that. You sure?
2: Is there is there any other films? I mean film I, I, I prefer list
3: hereditary, but it's fun. Like, is Boy there Hope. any other
2: film on the list that we could agree to put hereditary over after after a ghost story gets in? Oh, I know it's kind of a fucked up question, but I'm just saying, is there any other film we can all agree on and say, yeah, let's just put Hereditary instead?
0: For me personally, no. But
2: Can you read them all off?
0: Yeah, sure. Uh, Good Time, that makes it automatically. The yeah. Lighthouse makes it automatically, and Midnight in Paris and Moonlight all make it automatically. <clears throat> okay. The ones that could be, are in trouble, are Portrait of the Lady on Fire, The Handmaiden, Climax, uh, Under the Skin, I...
2: and... Uh, that's it. Hereditary should be over climax, personally.
1: Oh, I don't agree. <laughs> no, no, I, don't, I, don't, I, I don't think, I, I don't think no, so. No.
3: Climax
2: is.
0: No. I could. I. I definitely could see that, but. Climaxes fucking climax, too. dude! It's I don't climax, know.
1: yeah. I yeah. Hereditary
2: yeah. shook me to my fucking core, dude. None. Of, I haven't seen a movie in modern day time that has shook me and petrified me to my core the way that Hereditary did.
0: So you yeah, just want right, to put right. it? You sh- we can just put it on and say no to the ghost story. <laughs> and, I, if you want to do that, dude, <laughs> that's so painful, bro. I'm gonna leave it up to you, man. It's your your. Uh, those are your movies, right there. I'm I'm fine with either one at this point. Hereditary,
3: or ghost story, yeah.
0: Ghost story is like, might not be as culturally significant as Hereditary, is what I'll say. Like, I think Hereditary like changed horror for a while, so just I'd just be cool with that.
2: Just put Hereditary instead All right, of Ghost shit. Story. <laughs>
0: that
2: hurts
3: me deep inside, Dude. just like how <laughs> Ghost Story hurts me deep inside.
0: <laughs> me too, man. I
3: mean, honestly, that's
0: That was painful.
3: I like I didn't pick Hereditary because I did feel like it was the obvious one, but it is like a really good movie, you know? Yeah, it is great. Yeah, it I is amazing. Parasite, you know? like, but that one's. Better than Parasite, you said? No, no. I feel like people Uh, didn't pick Parasite because it was
0: kind of obvious as well. Yeah. No, yeah. I didn't. I could have easily put it in my five, but. Yeah, me too. Me too. Obvious. All right. We got to rank these bad boys now. Um, Yeah. I kind of already know what's going to be last, but (laughs) I don't want (laughs) to go outright and
3: say it. Yeah. I think I know what's last, too, dude. I mean, dude, I. I, Just go ahead and do it. It's not. (laughs) You're not hurting yeah. anyone's feelings. It's good. No, I just, I just don't
2: want to be that guy. It's like, oh yeah, that's. It's almost, salary. it's almost there by default because no one yeah. here. Yeah. Well, well, Jake, you don't really care for it that much. Blair hasn't seen it, and I haven't seen I, it in eleven. I, years. I have
1: seen it actually. I'm not oh. crazy on it. Oh shit. Yeah yeah I, mean, I respect
0: felix i like how we're not even saying the
3: name of the movie but
1: it's midnight in paris by
0: <laughs> by woodford allen <laughs> <laughs> it's like it's like a fucking he who, not, who must not yeah be
2: named. yeah it's like voldemort <laughs> just don't even say it yeah no i just
0: wanted to say i respect your take on it a lot that's why oh, I, I don't know i don't want to be like the guy yeah to
3: this i respect. Very, no. very
1: passionate about it it's yeah, also- yeah
3: it's- No, it's it's all good guys. This is this is really fun, by the way. i I, thank you for having me. It's always a great time, dude. Yeah.
0: Yeah, this Uh, is fucking awesome. That's why I'm like I don't want to put anyone's movies dead last, but no, midnight in Paris, put it fucking at the bottom, bro. (laughs) Take it out of the list completely. You know what? Just throw it in the (laughs) trash. Yeah, just just
3: just blank it out.
0: Dude, dude. what if we replaced that with the raid redemption? Would you be (laughs) No. I'm just I'm just fucking No. No. We we gotta keep it on for you, man. We'll do it. Yeah. No, yeah. Uh, it what, you guys, what do you guys? What would you put a number uh, nine, eight? You know, nine.
2: Hereditary climax. Yeah.
0: Those are, I think, that's uh, eight and nine spots. Yeah, climax and hereditary. Okay. Yeah. So, where's good. a good time. Oh shit! Yeah, I mean, that's my number one. About? And personally, I, I like
2: personally I like climax better than good time.
1: Me too.
0: Mm. Uh, I like I think it. good.
1: Better.
0: <laughs> oh fuck. I mean, should we start yeah, I wouldn't be mad at the number one it, slot? But... I feel like we're what's honestly. The, what's the I... best movie of the 2010s? How will we start there? I can't
2: okay. Best movie of 2010s. Moonlight. I mean Moonlight for me. Yeah, just don't put f- Moonlight, just put it, yeah. You okay.
0: Blair, are you cool with that? Sure.
3: Um
1: and then
2: I think it should be like maybe handmade in next or something
3: uh Shit. good time number two
1: <laughs> a lighthouse i would my baby's lighthouse too, <laughs> two but lighthouse I, i'm down with that I would i'm fine with, i'm i'm perfect with moonlight if lighthouse comes after, yeah <laughs> i'm fine with that too what
0: a chaotic duo at the top there i love that well so the lighthouse number two
2: I, i'm cool with that That's, yeah yes
1: please
0: <laughs> and then number three is the handmaiden or under the skin
2: Ooh, under the skin bro Okay.
3: Yeah. Yeah, I'm down. Yeah. yeah. It was. It was, was on three of our list. i Felix's reaction. Yeah, I don't. I don't like. I don't even think I should be on the list at all. Really? <laughs> oh, shit, dude. Fuck.
0: I feel like we shafted all your your takes here, but I mean, I, I want to put good time high just because Felix had it at number three. I did number one, but yeah,
3: good time. Come on, yeah. Okay.
2: Uh... Okay, fine. So, could
0: we'll I put do... that? at Three or four, maybe.
2: Wait, what was number three supposed to be again? Uh, um, fuck,
0: Animated, right? under, or under, or under under the skin, under the skin, and good time. I think, I think okay. Okay. those are the next three.
2: Under the skin needs to be number three. I'm sorry, but that was that that was on three people's list.
1: That's true. That is true. Uh, yeah, then good time right. then. Yeah. How about yeah. that? That but, then under, good time then three,
2: handmaiden. Then okay. Yeah. Under okay. the skin, good time, and then handmaiden. Yeah.
0: Those are like, those were in my top. Five originally, too, so I'm happy with those.
3: Um, what and a then, portrait of a lady on fire!
2: I think parasite should be above portrait. Oh, though... a parasite. Wait,
3: <laughs> yeah, parasite should be above portrait.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, that's I'm like, tough. That's so but that tough. should be like number two or three, though. Oh, I totally well, parasite? It was on No, line. Yeah, I think it should, but yeah, uh.
2: I mean, on a, I guess on a culturally impactful objective level, sure, but if we're factoring personal favorites, not nah, true
0: true true uh, it made the six.
2: list of appear ob- objectivity at this point now now it has to suffer the wrath of, 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 of subjectivity <laughs>
0: <laughs> so number six then is that cool yeah yeah
2: because i don't i don't want to touch yeah, Lighthouse. yeah. yeah. wait uh, yeah it needs to be parasite and then portrait probably
0: and then portrait or What's climax or climax
1: i i hate to say i'd put a portrait above climax
0: oh thank you even yeah, though I,
1: I know i i almost picked portrait that was like before it was climax it was actually portrait but i was like nah
0: I'll... i'm surprised at that one so then eight is climax and then, and then nine, nine is hereditary, is hereditary. I guess. okay
2: i think hereditary goes above climax i'm the only one here So <laughs> if nobody agrees with me
0: i think that felix works. would agree with you right no, no. I, I put
2: climax
3: in end. Oh
0: hell yeah, man. <laughs> yeah.
3: <laughs> <laughs>
0: no, I, I always struggle because *Hereditary* is just so fucking like, just such a cultural milestone in film, you know. But it's a great movie, and it is amazing. It made the top made. ten without being on anyone's list. So
2: it's
3: yeah. it's the,
0: it's the best.
2: It's the best horror movie of like it's the it's the best straight up horror movie, in the last fucking like I don't know how long has it been like eight or nine years, twenty eighteen. I, I see. I would
0: personally it was, say it's the witch, but I I, I could see that take.
1: Uh, I'm a, I'm a witch girly. It's true. But <laughs> I love hereditary. <laughs> but is the witch a straight up horror movie? Like, I, I mean, know. I would say it is Personally, uh, I mean, I mean, there's there's other conventions, but it's easy to categorize it as a horror as opposed to like the lighthouse, exactly. to be fair.
0: Exactly. That's what I was like. So the oh, Yeah. But two Robert Eggers is a bit aggressive. But anyway top 10 of the 2010s. I will read them out for y'all. Uh, number 10 is Midnight in Paris <laughs> <laughs> for Felix there. <laughs> uh, number 9 is Hereditary by Ari Aster. That one's for Rye Bread. Uh, yes. number, number 8 is Climax as, which is what I did after the movie ended. Uh, <laughs> number 7 is Portrait of a Lady on Fire. Burn, baby, burn. Number 6 is Parasite. Number 5 is The Handmaiden. Uh, 4 is Good Time. 3 is Under the Skin. Two is the lighthouse and
3: one is Moonlight.
2: I love
1: that list. Yeah, that's a great list. Can it's, you just say uh, it one more time
3: again? <laughs>
2: Let's
3: go. Just one more time. <laughs> okay. Could I I'll
0: start from the the, the top this time. Moonlight and yeah, cool. number one. <laughs> Two is the lighthouse, three is under the skin, four is good time, slash uncut gems. I forgot to say that. Oh yeah, yeah. We, yeah. All, we all we all basically said that at one point. Uh
1: oh, yeah. number
0: five is the handmaiden, <laughs> number six is parasite, six. Seven is Portrait of the Lady on Fire. Eight is Climax. Nine is Hereditary. Ten is Midnight in Paris.
3: That's a good list. That's a great list.
0: Yeah, yeah, I agree. Um, Felix, Felix's preferred Paris movie is Midnight in Paris over Paris, Texas. It's <laughs> just...
1: Damn.
0: <laughs> that's not the only tens, you know? <laughs> no, I'm just saying, yeah, Paris titles. All right, that's the show, basically. Yeah. Um, that's the that's our <laughs> list of the best of the 2010s. Uh, I think we got through it all right. We got a good list going. Not a lot of arguments this time, so I, I love that. Were there a lot
3: of arguments? Like in the there
0: have been, yeah. This like I think back to the 70s episode, and it got pretty heated. But oh, you know, it was for a woman under the influence, and I was like, oh yeah,
1: there. that was the big yeah. contentious one.
0: I was like, it has to be there, and it, I don't think it ended up making it, but. Fuck it, man. I was you know?
1: rooting. I was rooting for a woman under the influence.
0: You got taken Damn. out by Scorsese uh, with Taxi Driver. Oh well, uh, you know, we can't like, that one. Which is why I sounded like such an asshole because I'm like I, I'm <laughs> arguing against Taxi Driver, but I was just so passionate about Casafettes <laughs> yeah. there. But um, but yeah, yeah, great list. Thank you guys for coming on as always, Uh Thank Felix. You. Felix, uh, I would like to plug for him uh the Medium Cool show on YouTube. Um, but also, he had a short just cut uh, that was released recently. I don't know if you want to talk about it or Ooh. plug it. You know, I have oh, seen yeah. it. It's a fantastic uh, short film, so I'd recommend it. Uh,
3: yeah, I want to thank for you guys. It. But um, yeah, it's it's a lo-fi horror short film. It's like 20 minutes long, and it's kind of like yeah, like a it's like a inspired by Italian horror, inspired by like definitely like some like dogma shit, like documentary realistic. Type shit, but it's very like fantastical and supernatural and shit too and you directed it yeah i wrote and directed it and i edited it and jake is in it i mean No shit what yeah <laughs> i'm in like
0: a am like an extra basic i'm like in one scene but
2: can i find yeah. it on your channel
3: yeah felix christensen it's um okay yeah oh,
0: i can yeah. i'll i could send it in the discord chat too if you guys All want right. to check it out yeah Felix um, that's my it's my really fucking good i've i, I watch. it's really good you guys would like it
3: yeah i'm gonna have to awesome. it's it's unlisted right now because i'm putting into festivals but i'm gonna send yeah. it to you the discord so yeah awesome and, Absolutely. Then, and then the medium cool show which is our talk show about pictures as well like <laughs> that yeah. they're
0: like the siskel and ebert of our generation right there mm-hmm. even, even better um yeah thanks man you're gonna have to come back
3: uh, obviously yeah. Oh, yeah, it premiered not... in the theater. It, it, it premiered at like a festival, like a couple weeks ago. Oh, it's amazing,
2: dude. Mm-hmm. Me and you are like in the same boat, dude. Like, I, I made a short film last October that's mm-hmm. been that's been being screened at a bunch of like festivals all throughout this year. Hell and, yeah! And it's just been such a crazy experience, like, to seeing like your work on the big screen while everybody is like reacting to it and shit and. You know, coming up to you afterwards and telling you what they thought about it and having Q and
3: A's is just such a weird but really cool experience. Mm, it's amazing um, seeing in the theater for sure. That's the dope. Is it a horror movie or what is it? Yeah, it's a horror. Hell yeah! I can also uh, send it in the Discord. See if you guys want to check it out. Yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. In our chat, I'll send both
3: your guys' shorts in there. But your your new movie that you were shooting recently, what is, what is that?
2: Yeah, that's uh that that's a, that's a psychological horror film. Okay. Um let's let's see. Yeah, man. Um that's gonna I have a rough cut of it already without the score, but in terms of like when it's actually ready to be like presented to people, it's probably gonna be another two weeks. But <laughs> I'm not gonna premiere it until my film festival that I'm gonna be hosting on my channel um at the end of October. I was gonna say that if you wanted to submit your short to my film festival. I was just about to
0: say, dude, put it in Carlos's festival. Hell yeah. But
2: yes. but you said it was twenty minutes, that kind of goes over the time limit. <laughs> Wait, h- yeah. how long is it exactly? Is it like twenty minutes on the dot? Or
3: it's like twenty minutes like thirty something seconds.
2: I oh, think gosh. I think I can make an exception for that. Just uh well,
3: I'll we know watch each other it. now. We know each other now. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
0: you would yeah. want that film in your festival, I'll say.
3: So you should make the yeah. You gotta watch it. You gotta watch it, dude. But for yeah. sure. I would love I would love that, man. I would really <clears> appreciate <throat> that for sure hell yeah. yeah dude nice connections being made here this is so fucking awesome the awesome. show by the way like i love the series and i love being on here like hell oh, yeah so yeah
0: like, i'm was... glad you were able to come on i know we we talked about it for so fucking long about getting you on here so i'm glad we yeah. did it
1: but like oh. what a great like
3: episode to do
1: though
0: it was you know? great oh, this yeah. was a
1: fun episode yeah i really enjoyed it
0: this was it was yeah the decade series has been a really like just yeah just it it's, makes it's me so hit. happy doing them yeah
2: People really like it, man. I this this series got a lot more views than I expected. People are really liking it, so. Oh yeah. I, I by like the way, that, yeah. like huge huge shout out to all the viewers on my channel that watch the podcast. I know that it's these have been long. It's always three hours plus and shit. So I, mm-hmm. I was a little worried that we wouldn't really get many views, but I appreciate all the views we've been getting. Like it's just I'm I'm so like grateful to to have y'all like to have a viewer base that is willing to sit through three hours of film talk you know it's it's amazing like i couldn't ask for anything
3: more well you guys are really good at it you know that's like you guys know a lot (laughs) about man like thank you much about movies and shit like it's it's great you too man yeah thank you yeah that's why it's great to like just talk about it because um out here in la like jake and i like (laughs) run into so many people who are like in the industry or like want to do film and they don't know like
2: anything about anything Yeah, it's kind of
3: oh, sad a little bit it's very yeah. de- very depressing yeah
2: I, I was gonna say that i was gonna say the same thing like I, i've run into like plenty of people who are like making movies i'm like i feel like they don't really know much film and i'm not trying to like insult them or anything but it just seems mm-hmm. like you know if you're into making movies and you want to make movies like it's good to kind of you know get uh, just uh, i guess a little cultured on like all these kinds of different filmmakers, and all these kinds of different styles and stuff, you know?
0: Mm-hmm. For um, sure. Yeah. But it's but right. Like, Felix is right though. There's a lot of people that are doing what we're doing and they're just not like to the extent that we are just film nerds and, yeah, you know, and it's, it becomes, you know, we're, we we try to be, you know, we're trying to be filmmakers, but it's also like film nerd is, is also become like, I don't know, like a part-time job for me, just watching movies <laughs> just so much. And then, <laughs> That's why I joined the Discord. Honestly, because I was like, it's hard to find people as obsessed with films as you are, and you know, to find you guys was definitely just fucking awesome. So that's I another mean, plug. Join the Discord.
1: I'm uh, glad you're being a little more active in there. It's been nice.
0: <laughs> yeah,
2: yeah. I'm glad I, I'm glad I could actually participate more. Um, it's been great.
1: Um, yeah.
0: Also, uh,
2: don't mean to uh shill for uh, Felix, but if you want to join the Discord, bro, seems like you fit <laughs> right in, man.
3: I gotta get by more into it. Yeah, I, I this is like the first time I Discord with you guys in like yeah. fucking five years, I think. Oh, shit. Yeah, I gotta get more into it. You gotta I'll join, bet. dude. If
2: you if you join, man, you'll be able to talk like this like all day every day with <laughs> the people. So yeah, share okay. your
0: uh hot takes in there. It's always fun. Uh yeah. Yeah, check it out. Uh Blair, anything you wanna plug? It's it's an honor to have you doing this. I
1: I really appreciate you inviting me to like such a uh big series like this like it's so fucking awesome. Of course. Um the only thing I would just say like my letter box is um melancholia underscore. That that's it really.
0: Great name. Uh for a great yeah. film. Great uh, film. Yeah. Thank you again. Seriously. You and Carlos for doing this whole thing. Uh I don't know if we're gonna <laughs> do the best of all time i know we talked about it but that'd be crazy (laughs) i know we talked about bringing perry on for that one we'll definitely you know take a break and then reevaluate uh later on about that but it would be pretty crazy
3: the the debuts Uh, i the debuts.
0: i I don't want to we're we're doing that yeah Uh, i'll talk about that um just go ahead blair
1: uh sorry i was just gonna say like obviously um for your um show jake like I want you to like invite more people have a variety, but uh, it'd be cool to, you know, do a little side one one day because I've only been in the um, decade once. But
0: yeah. yeah, mix it mixing it up. I know like a few uh, like a month or so ago, we 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 weren't able to do this and we did like the comfort movie episode. And honestly, it was just really like it felt good to change it up. Not at mm-hmm. all like shade on what we're doing right now. But yeah. Yeah, but we'll, do, we'll we'll definitely have everyone here on for other episodes in the future. But for so now, I guess it feels like we've wrapped up the decade series. So we'll put a, <laughs> we'll put a pin in that for now. Yeah, uh, Felix mentioned the directorial debut episode. i feel Carlos is gone. Sorry. Okay, <laughs> okay I'll <laughs> keep going.
2: I, I, uh, I, I fucking, plug my, something
0: real quick. Uh, my, my fucking
2: battery died, bro. It's all good. It's all mix. good.
0: I'll wrap this up. We're going to be doing a directorial debut episode, like our top five directorial, directorial debuts by directors. Felix is coming on for that. Mike is actually coming back and possibly someone else. We'll figure it out, but that's going to be coming out soon. Um, subscribe to the Cinnabum, subscribe to the Misfit Pond, all that good stuff. And yeah, we will see you guys later. Thank you so much for listening, as Carlos said. Um, and we'll see you next time. Thanks. Bye. Bye. No, Bella.